the college experience. Best point guard edition, college and pro on the sports gaming podcast network is presented by mybookie.ag. Las Vegas may be closed, but my bookie casino is open 24 seven. They're also home to the free $10,000 blackjack madness tournament. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets. That's promo code SGP. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by ACE per head. ACE is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus ACE is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com backslash SGP. That's aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Yes, yes. Woo-wee. Welcome. Welcome to the college experience. My name is Colby. Swinging, damp to base, damped, aka pick done D. That's not a knife. This is a knife. That's not a pick. Oh, this shit. Pick. I fucked it up. Dude, that's the booze. The booze, booze. is already kicking in. The coffee can't. And if you're wondering who the fuck this is, this is the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, a wheeling and dealing. Give it up for former, former James Madison defensive back, current douchebag, Patty C in the place to be. Hello. Boom, buddy. Can't believe I said that's not enough because I watched it yesterday. You got a little too into uh too the, into the Dundee, Mick man. Dundee. Exactly, man. Not enough pick Dundee, too much Mick Dundee. Yeah. Well, there's life. no sports for me to be picked Dundee. And I don't think there's a too uh, thing is uh too much Mick Dundee. Yeah. And there's no in pick Dundee too, but I did do a mock draft over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Let's see if pick Dundee can go through and pick some players correctly. There we go. Right? So there how are go. you, pal? Oh, by the time this thing drops, uh, we'll be on the doorstep of the NFL draft. Oh yeah. So that oh, yeah. is the only thing close to relevant uh, sports we've got going on. Yeah. So I'm doing, pumped for that. We're doing top 10 all the time. I, and people asked us to do basketball. So we are on the point guard edition. But before we splash into that, I want to give a strong, strong rest in peace to Mike Mad Dog Curtis. Nice. Who died yesterday. Oh, man. Rest in power. That he's one of the all-time greats. First off, that name is amazing. Like Mad Dog, Curtis and he will amazing. forever go down in memory for me as the one of the greatest because that fan who tried to steal the football, <laughs> or Mad, Mad Dog Curtis, just blew him up. What uh, what team did Curtis play for? Was the he Colts? Colts. He was with the yeah. Dick and Unitas. Yeah, I mean, not Dick. Uh, Shula. Shula Unitas and, and Unitas. Yeah, yeah. But you remember a he fan tries to steal at linebacker, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, a fan tries to steal the football. Yeah, runs on the field. And he's just fucking. And they're in a huddle, and Mad Dog Curtis sees it and just blasts this fan. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that becoming a trend. What, blasting a fan? Yeah, I think it's great in a way. But in the same way, it's like it, it just gives like a douchebag, like the. the no, ch- I like it. I like it too. This fan's trying to be an asshole. He's trying to steal the shine. But it's fun when they do that. I, I don't have I a think- problem when they run on the field, but when you're trying to steal the ball. Yeah. 
I think it, it I think that's, game's on then, dude. I think that's what you're signing up for when game's you run on, on a football field. It's yeah. to get blasted. I yeah. think that's what really what the game is. Is I I have zero empathy for that guy. Yeah. Right? If anything taught him a valuable lesson. Yeah. That hey Although that dude got up and was laughing his ass yeah, off. Well, he's he's definitely fucking really fucked up. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But you know what? They were probably cool back then. They probably didn't even arrest him. Yeah. Probably like, yeah, get out of here. Get the dude. fuck out of here. You're not allowed Idiot. back today. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays you're like on like a list where you can never come back to the stadium. Really? It's all retarded. Yeah. It's all retarded. Look, I started a podcast off hating the current times. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. Get off our lawn. Um, what how you been though, Chief? You've been good? You've been following that there's a lot of talk about college football perhaps starting week one, March sixth. Crazy. We're going to have two 2021 seasons. What do you think of this potentially March 6th thing? Uh, it's too far away. <laughs> well, obviously that, and, but I mean, it could be really cold. It could be really cold <laughs> for a lot of teams. I, uh, you know, you think of March, most of the country probably thinks of March and thinks, Oh, it's spring. Well, that's a, first of all, what would happen spring. with basketball? Uh, yeah, there's going to be some serious, uh, logistical issues to work out. I'm hoping that we, that we're starting normal times, but I, uh, when I see multiple people tweeting this, that I kind of trust, that definitely means it's being talked about. Yeah. So, I mean, you saw fucking, um, not Chris Fowler. Was it Chris Fowler? Yeah. Chris Fowler saying that breaking it down, like saying, Hey, you know, they're, well, they are having meetings, you know? Well, here's the fun part. Even though I don't want to wait that long is the thought of like Colorado and Minnesota and Wisconsin and Buffalo. Yeah. All, and like the whole Mac really plays outdoors. Yeah. Same with the big 10. Wouldn't it be great if they can move it forward to like February? They should just do February and just fucking snow football is the way it should be. Yeah. Take advantage of your geographical, uh, yeah. You know, advantage. Yeah, buddy. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I guess it, it, so yeah, it sucks, but it's, it could be cool. <laughs> right. Uh, it does suck no matter what it sucks. Like here's what really sucks about it is a, we haven't had sports in like a month now. Yeah. Right. B we're not going to have sports. Normally it would be like the span between the NBA finals, like ending in June and then, uh, you know, just the two months waiting for football to start where we're stuck with baseball. That is enough to drive me nuts. Like I'm yeah. by the end of two months, I'm fucking at wit's end. See, I would right? even argue that the end of March to me or April, like, or, cause yeah. the national championship is normally the first, first week, week of April. April. Yeah. After that, well, Colby, uh, look, let me, let me put this on air. I am going against Colby. Always. I'm going to say Colby, Come back to reality, buddy. Appreciate, you know, things don't have to be perfect for you to enjoy them. I want spring football. And the fact that this fucking bat eating fucker in China <laughs> yeah. ruined spring football for me. It does hurt. And it's not coming back. As of today, Oliver Luck suing, suing Vince McMahon. That's, that's not a relationship. Wrong termination. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just, Fucking horrible luck, man. The league was going to make two, it. Two leagues in a row, back-to-back years, only get halfway through a they season. They should have, yeah. Well, uh, XFL was going to make it if if the stock market didn't destroy his fucking money. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Um, we need something more organic. Yeah, I don't want to watch. Look, I know we're breaking down NBA top 10 point cards and college top 10 point cards, but I really don't care to watch the NBA until 
the Western Conference. Well, now that they're super teams, so you know there's no purpose. Well, yeah, that makes it a little tougher. There's to watch. no purpose in watching. Like the Western Conference last year, fucking sucked. Watching Denver get all the way to the uh, Western Conference Finals, like you did, you really didn't even have to watch the Western Conference playoffs. You just were waiting for Golden State to get uh, to the finals. What? Who was the the who was the uh, the Bucks playing like the first round that I thought was just horrible. There was this, an East Coast team that I'm like sitting there like, how are they even in the playoffs? Yeah. By the way, I'm without my phone, so my fa- uh, fact check is going to be a little down yeah, today. Your computer or my yeah. computer. I'm on my phone today. Well, my point is though is that like I don't really. It's not like back in the day I would tune in and it's like, wow, we're going to have a decent first round match. Yeah. I mean, even another like, thing is going to seven games. Yeah. Super teams killed it. Like uh, we were just watching clips of uh, the Nuggets Sonic series back in what was that '94? Yeah. Uh, Dude, you had Mutumbo, who was an all-star. You had a couple other guys, what, Lafonso Ellis, Robert Pack, yeah. some decent players on the eight seed Nuggets. Now, obviously, Seattle was the heavy favorite. Yeah. yeah that was a, a very good and disappointing Seattle team. Um, that Denver team was kind of deep. Yeah. And they're like the, Dale Ellis and Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. And, yeah, they had yeah. players. There was uh, a chance, Yeah, you know, whereas yeah. like... Now it's like, why do I... Well, like, yeah. Especially when they move it to seven games, too. And, but you know what else pisses me Beyond off? Beyond that, real yeah. quick, there's no entertainment value on these eight teams, which is the number one reason that the NBA won't let this be competitive. They, they're, we're gonna go conspiracy theory, but NBA is always pushing <laughs> their more entertaining product. But oh, I, I'm more so than any fact, league. Right. I believe that. But yeah. um, but they they would also do games back to back. Like so, if you're playing Denver, Seattle, yeah, um, it would be Monday. You knew the games were gonna be Monday and Wednesday. Yeah, and then. Uh, maybe if maybe skip to Sunday. Yeah. But then you knew that when, in, when they're in those towns, Saturday, it's two day, it's a one day on one day off. Yeah. And now then, for TV rights, like certain teams get like six days off and you're like, what the fuck, right. man? Yeah. yeah like yeah. I'm trying to watch this. Like, like it's supposed to line up. Like so what happened? Did they, they start it earlier. Did the NBA start earlier? How did that? No, they would just, well, and, and I see the, they added no, it's n- about money because what happened is you'd have competing games on at the same time back in the day. Yeah. So you'd have two networks playing two playoff games at the same time. So why don't they, I mean, it's just, uh, to me, it's especially since they added two, two games, uh, they went from a five game first round to a seven game first round. It seems like if you have to play X amount of games and you only have so many days to play. Well, also, you got to remember these players complain that they were like the back-to-back games are hard. Right. But I think the NBA person was like, even though they might've catered to that, I think they looked at it from a, a marketing standpoint being like, we can play more game solo, more coverage, more games, more money. Yeah. But yeah, I, they do. They definitely, I mean, that's happened so much in college football. It's so focused on like one game at a time. This is the only game you're going to watch, you yeah. know, which for a viewer is good in some ways, but at the other, t- uh, other ways, it's like fun to be able to you Dude, know, flip like the back and early two thousands. I thought they did a great job of Thursday night games. Now they're struggling. You're talking about college football. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're yeah. struggling. I mean, when Virginia tech, like, was one of the best teams in the country and like had a Thursday night thing yeah. going on, but they would play every conference. It would have, I feel like maybe short of the big 10 would yeah. have big Thursday games. Well, I think the teams like have really, from what I've read, like push back on being scheduled on Thursday. Like they'll do anything within their power. Like it's within their, you know, conference networks TV yeah. deal that they have to play X amount of like Thursday well, or well, Friday my games. Thing is, is like, why couldn't you just come out? If you were going to complain about it, do it, align it with all teams that had a bye week before. Uh, yeah. Well, hold on. Say that again. Align it so that if you have a bye week. Yeah. Okay. Obviously week one, you wouldn't be able to do that, but you, 
everyone is playing week one. Yeah. But people that have a, a bye week, like I know uh, Boston College a couple of years ago didn't play until like week three. Yeah. Or week I think they typically do that. It's not often you see like the super short turnaround. For so the, no, sometimes I sometimes, feel like, especially yeah. the mid majors get beat up with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but they used to be big power five games that, that, that don't have yeah. it anymore. You know what you have to have? If you're going to have Thursday night games, you got to have it on, on campus stadiums. That's why Virginia tech can have a successful Thursday night thing because like yeah. the fans are lit and the stadium's right there in the middle of the fucking campus. Like you used to play a lot of Thursday night games. Yeah. Um, you have Miami, like in, uh, what is it? Uh, Sun, Sun Life Stadium or whatever the fuck yeah. it is now. Hard Rock Stadium. No one the no one is traveling to that game. But I feel like West Virginia did Thursday night games. I feel like South Carolina had a lot of Thursday night games. Yeah. Utah had a lot of Thursday night games. Yeah, it was more of um, like a, a new fun thing that yeah. people were like getting into. Like Oregon State might have got in on that action. Yeah, now it's now it's like uh everyone like hates doing the Thursday night thing. I mean, especially at, in the NFL, but even in college it's not like the the cool thing anymore. Um before we dive into our top 10 point guards, I wanted to to address this cuz I know I'm right. I went and I looked at first round draft picks. We just did our mock draft episode. Yeah. And first off, we were taken back by like out of the 32 picks in the NFL. I think we counted like 23 coming from about five universities. Yeah. This right? is in the mock draft. Yeah. Yeah. And that was only, that was not only our mock drafts. That's like when I'm going and looking at random people's mock drafts. Yeah. A composite. If well, you and, it, and there's room. It could get to 25 because when you look at the top five first, second round picks, yeah, well, uh, that's what I'm saying. When I was looking at, like, I think I was referencing about six guys mock drafts when I was kind of yeah. kicking around ideas for my own, and uh, all of them, um, like, I want to say like nine LSU players in, were in either one of the other uh, first round. Yeah, that's so many. Yeah, but I mean, the, the but look, there's been great teams before. I know Ohio State had a great draft. Colorado had a great draft back in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami had a great draft. Um, where you could, I could see that, like maybe not that many that early. Sure. When you're the best team in the country yeah. by a, a stretch. But with me, when you look and see that it's only really 14, I don't ever recall a time covering college football yeah. in the NFL that I have seen such a div- div- divide yeah. between them and the rest. The haves and have nots. And that's yeah. why I, I look, I know I, I always say, well, old school is better than, than, than whatever. And that seems to be a, a, a theme of our show, but I'm just telling you, what made me a fan of college football was the diversity yeah. from a national standpoint. Yeah. And right now I think it's at the worst it's ever been. Like we just talked about Clemson. Who's going to beat Clemson next year? Dead. No one. The only chance would be North Carolina. They don't even Notre play. Dame. They could go to in the South Bend and take it yeah. out, but that's not in conference. I mean, I, I think you can, you know, the ACC is tough to based on how much pro talent they're producing. Like, tough to blame the ACC. But I think you brought up a point saying if Auburn was to play that schedule, you think they could go undefeated? Auburn might lose, uh, or yeah, Auburn would go undefeated if uh, if they play Clemson schedule. The only, the only game they might lose would be Notre Dame. Yeah, and I'd favor Auburn. Yeah, so it makes it really challenging. I mean, uh, uh, anyway, so I went through all drafts from 1990 on. Yeah, right. And this is where you're going to see the uh, the big difference. Okay, obviously, the SEC is just absolutely destroying it the past decade. Right. Really? Yeah. The, honestly, like about the past 14 years. Yeah. Right. Well, Alabama winning what? Eight or nine straight of recruiting, yeah. like but, finishing number one. But my angle is it's when they started the SEC network that you really see. Yeah. And you're seeing the revenue, obviously. And also they expanded. 
So uh, it's weird, like how that happened. I mean, because there hasn't been, in fact, there's more professional sports in the South now than there were before. Like I, uh, the Falcons came in out in like, I, I can tell you, look, I'm obviously football's played great in Florida and Georgia and stuff, but in Texas, but they have to be paying their players. Cause I, I judging by this data that I'm looking at. Yeah. I'm seeing right. Okay. They, on average, they average 10 players drafted in the first round, which is incredible. Yeah. And if you compare that to the decades before, it's drastically, drastically up. Um, the, uh, the closest one currently to them is the ACC, which is at five, almost six players in the first round, which is still surprising to me that they uh, produce that kind of, but talent. it's still a drastic difference. They're almost yeah. double. Yeah. Right. SEC has uh, twice as many player, good players as the ACC, but that's from, uh, I'm, I mean the, the 10, the 10 uh, for the SEC is really from 2010 to 2020. Yeah. Um, or to 2019. So uh, you go 10 years further back, the SEC was only doing seven per first round. Yeah. Right. And this is, once again, it was a lot more even. I look at uh, that. Actually, the ACC was, re- was producing more pros from 2000 to 2010 in the yeah. SEC in the first round. Right. They were doing eight. Yeah. The, the, the fact that, the ACC was a more talented conference one decade ago, you mm-hmm. know, based on like players going to the NFL in the first round draft. Yeah. Uh, and then one decade later, the SEC is twice as talented as they are. Yeah. And, and really uh, the big 10 and the SEC are pretty similar. Yeah. The SEC network is definitely like it's well, what you point to there. Well, especially cause like you, you're looking at the data, you look at 2006 is when they really made their jump. Yeah. Well, all these other conferences are finally getting their conference networks. So maybe there will be a little like closing of the gap. But, there. but even this, like Pac 12s at five big tens at like, uh, just shy of seven, uh, which seven would this be is the, back in from 2000 to 2009. Yeah. Um, the sec was getting seven first rounders. Yeah. Big 10 was pretty much seven. Yeah. Uh, Pac 12 was about five. Um, and the ACC is at eight. But then you go to the '90s, which really was when it won over my heart when I, you know, became a, a passionate college football fan. Yeah, and the best conference was the well, it depends on how you look at it, but because they have more teams, if you if you break down the average, yeah, we have we did we did a breakdown not only of number of and and we're using the current SEC teams like A and M wasn't yeah. part of the SEC. Well, actually, man, if you look in the '90s, A and M is kind of saving the SEC, yeah. even though they weren't even in. The SEC. The we're, SEC. We're, we're too lazy to go in and break it down. Well, no, I wanted to look at it accurately like that because yeah. like, look, if I, why, why does it matter at the time? That's true. That's you know what I mean? Point. Like yeah. if the school's got that history, they, those players are coming from it. Yeah. So, but A&M is definitely carrying the SEC in through the nineties. A&M in Florida, really? Yeah. Um, Tennessee a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but Per average, though, the Pac-12 had the most players drafted in the 90s. Per team. Yeah, per team. Now, because they only have 12 teams. Yeah. They don't have 14 teams. Yeah. But even with that, they w- they had the same or better seven of the 10 years as the SEC. And in terms of number one recruits? Number one draft picks. First, first round draft picks? Yeah. Despite having two less teams? Yeah. Um, and yeah. then also... The talent gap... You're right. It was more very evenly distributed back in the nineties between the power five. That's what I'm saying. Look, the ACC was getting six players drafted in the first round. Big 10 was at six. Uh, Pac 12 was at six. SEC was at six. Now, if you break down 
you know, decimal points off of, uh, you know, yeah, obviously the all ACC within a half more, of a yeah, pick. That was just, that, that was a better time. Yeah. It's it, 5.7 to 6.2 is the range there. Well, that's what I fear though, is that we're building something that, you know, I've, I've mentioned this a million times. I feel like it could be like NASCAR 20 years from now, 15 years from now. I don't understand why someone would be a fan if they're not represented. And also this is like, if you can, pre- it's almost like why I don't like the NBA uh, as much anymore. Yeah. I can predict who's going to be in the finals. Yeah. And I look at Clemson's schedule. I'm like, how are they not going to be in the playoffs next year? Yeah. How? Yeah. yeah. No exactly. one's a threat, really. I mean, you look at something. Even if they lose at Notre Dame, they're going to be in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Clemson goes 12 and one wins a conference championship. Maybe, maybe they, the four seed based on their yeah. talent level, they're gone. Especially yeah. if their losses to like, especially a, since they've been in like five of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? And so agreed. And you look at, Conference. I mean, it happens. Like we're, we were going back through history. Like obviously the Ivy League, you know, faded away. But you know, you lose your momentum. Michigan State was a, a dominant program in the fifties and sixties. Like top yeah. five finishes all the time. You lose the momentum. You Maryland go, was too. Yeah, Maryland was a beast. But unless something happens to like that, these other teams can start to catch up. It could become even worse and worse and worse. I can't imagine it getting a ton worse than it is now. And well, that's just like you have to expand. Then I mean, it, it's the only. I saw, I mean, we talked about this 86% of athletic directors want to expand. It's the only solution where it can get better at this point. Expand the playoffs, give exposure to these other teams, give them incentive to, you know, watch the games. But I do think that it'll be interesting to watch how these uh, teams, if they're able to close the uh, financial gap a little bit because of their networks. But even still, the SEC network is just crushing the other networks in terms of revenue. So, but dude, I mean, yeah, they're, they're drastically when you break down the numbers, they're just so much better than everybody with pros right now. Yeah. But here's the irony that I've made is that they ske- they've scheduled kind of the lightest in, in a sure. way. Yeah. They're like, all um, right, we have all the talent. Yeah. We're going to win all our games. Now it's up to the fucking committee to keep out the most talented team with a perfect record. And they're not going to do it. It's like, it's just crazy when you, when you look at that, that jump though. Yeah. Like, like when you Georgia, really dive into the numbers. Yeah. It, it, it It's, it's, it's crazy to, to see to me. Cause it's like, they didn't have in the nineties, they had one year and the whole nineties where they had 10 players drafted. Yeah. They average that now. Yeah. They average 10 a year. Yeah. What's their high year? Their high year was 2012 with 13, 13 fucking first rounders. That's this almost year, half the draft. Well, I mean, especially if you were to look and I, I, and to make the connection, I was looking, I haven't write it or I haven't wrote everything down yet, but mm-hmm. uh, in the future I might have this for you. Cause I was looking, man, how can there be five teams that are producing 23 first round draft picks, potentially 25 or 26? Yeah. Um, that's incredible to me. Right. Yeah. And now that's spread out on the landscape, but I will say like I went back and I was just picked up random years and I could not find anything close to that. Anything fucking close yeah. to well, that. You know dude. what? You know what? There's one other thing here. Generational, right? These kids, these hoes ain't loyal. You know, mm-hmm. there was something before where it was like, like Chris Spielman's story is the perfect example. He's from Ohio. Yeah. He wants to play for Michigan, right? His dad says, fuck you. You're not a member of this family. Yeah. And you see, he stayed in Ohio and had a played legendary Hall State. of Fame yeah. career. Yeah. yeah. Played for Ohio state. Like that shit doesn't happen. You got all of Southern California going across the country to play for Clemson now. Yeah. Like that's that. There's your example right there. These, the, the kids, they just want to form a super team. You know, they want to be, but part you're of seeing it on, you're seeing it from the NBA perspective. You're right. You're very yeah, much so, AAU right? yeah. mentality. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, 
I, I have fun diving in those numbers. I think people think I'm a fucking maniac, but I went through and counted every first round draft pick since the nineties. So, you know, good times. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what we're doing with our quarantine. Yes. This is the college experience. Uh, I want to tell you guys that the college experience is brought to you by mybookie.ag. There are no sports on TV and the casinos are all shut down. So you might as well be asking yourself, I'm bored. What the hell am I going to do besides listen to a great podcast like the sports gambling podcast and the college experience? Well, my bookie has an answer for you. They are now offering you the opportunity to bet on simulated sports so you can get that itch scratched and win some cash. The best part is it's not just 2K either. They've got lines on and odds on Madden, NFL, NBA. They got it all. All and they got more coming with the slate of games going off every two hours from noon until midnight every day of the week. Uh, if you want to get on, on some blackjack, they got an, a free to enter $10,000 blackjack tournament going on right now, and you can still get your foot in. The fact is, all the local casinos are shut down right now, but my bookies opened its doors to everyone pros, newcomers, whatever. They make it simple to understand and easy to win. Go to mybookie.ag and sign up. Now using the exclusive promo code to snag yourself some extra funds. That promo code is SGP. Okay. Um, Patty C, I was going to tell you the San Diego state Aztecs, our gals yep. one DJ madness. Boom. Our gals. I love that. There's some magic about that school. They there just is. win us money. Mm-hmm. Even when we put them in a tournament computer against computer, they win it for us. Yeah. Great for the brand. San Diego state. There's something magic about that university or there should be something more magic about San yeah. Diego state. Let me tell you about San Diego state. When I was down in Pacific beach, they would, they what San Diego state needs to do is move the campus to Pacific beach. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be a shit show. Yeah. That would be an I absolute mean, they, shit show. You still get a lot of the yeah. San Diego yeah. staters over there. So maybe that's as much as it can handle. Cause Pacific beach is a fucking shit show. Yeah. It's yeah. fun though. It is a fun time. San Diego state, a lot of talent down there. All, all of types talent. of talent down there. A lot in San Diego. of talent down there. <laughs> I have it's one of the more impressive schools I've, from my judgment of uh of women. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know the the campus is just like the problem I had with San Diego State is you kind of have to know someone to like mingle onto that campus. You know, I, I got invited to a few parties by like some randoms I had met down there, but like it would have been cool if like San Diego State was really accessible to like townies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much, but maybe that's what makes it. That was like USC. I always wondered, like, what the fuck does USC have? I'm never like really. It's campus seemed ghetto to me, but the, I mean it was beautiful campus, but like surrounded by the ghetto. But then I stumbled upon their Greek row one night driving for Uber, yeah. <laughs> and I was just there was a million like you know they have like the black like eyeshadow like running down their cheeks, just like fucked up like <laughs> mini skirt like one inch above their like maybe their butts like hanging out of it and just perfect dimes like yeah. walking around like yeah. stumbling around like and there's like three douchebag dudes with like ten chicks and I'm like these dudes are living the fucking dream. This yeah. is paradise. Yeah, douchebag paradise. Um. You're right. You're right. Uh, it's Aztecs come through for us. DJ and madness, our rap, but you know, we had so much success with it. We are starting off with some Madden-ness. Yeah. Starting Saturday, we'll be able to bet on Madden football and it will be announced by myself, Sean green and, uh, Ryan Kramer. So boom, 
carrying in the, the torch here. You hey. can still get in and bet. And we're bringing yeah the the fucking pinnacle of sports to you folks. They're trying to take it from us. We say fuck you. Yeah, it's us. We're gonna make sports carry on. All right, and we're gonna be talking about old school games like we always do, and we'll be talking about top ten lists. That's right. And with that said, top ten college point guards of all time, Patty C. I know you were not as passionate of a college basketball fan as say I was certainly uh, a casual watcher for most of the nineties and uh, NBA. I feel uh, very well qualified to speak on, but college basketball, I look, I watched it as much as a regular fucking Joe, but if you're going to, was I watching Andre Miller on a fucking uh, Wednesday night at 11 PM? No, I wasn't. Colby Dent was, mm, I was, <laughs> Colby yeah. Dent was, um, Colby Dent, by the way, had, Probably the best setup of any human being I was as a fortunate. child. I was very fortunate. There was just like 55 ESPN channels, like yeah. 10 TVs, probably what? Three TVs. Well, it trickled down. Yeah. I've, I've always said this. I never had a chance to not be a sports fan. Yeah. I'm the it youngest just, in my family. Yeah. My older siblings and my father are gigantic sports fans. Yeah. Colby was born into like the perfect culture of sports fandom too. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah, you didn't have a chance. I never had a choice. I yeah. never remember not ha- like being like, huh? Yeah. I, I never. I mean, I can remember watching USFL games in in my fucking basement. You yeah. know what I mean? Like in the eighties. That's what was on TV. I'm like a three year old watching like a like USFL football. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so so, that's what I mean. So I I didn't have uh, the normal like, my normal childhood was like even right. when, even when I'm like okay eight years old nine years old, like my older brothers are all excited for college basketball and stuff. So like every big game, yeah. like their friends would come over and yeah. it's just like 20 people. You in guys my don't house. understand the dad basement. Yeah. yeah. 20 people in my house watching. <laughs> this is a special place. Yeah. I once spent a week in seventh grade at Colby's house. <laughs> I didn't come home for a week. <laughs> Your mom's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, it's fucking but amazing. I mean, like I can remember big, big games in college basketball at a very, very young age, yeah. a center around the TV. I can remember the Leitner shot. I was watching that live, you yeah. know, uh, in my family room with, yeah. with a bunch of people in my house. I can, and same with like the UNLV Duke games. And, yeah. I remember yeah. as early as like watching the, uh, fab five, that was probably like my first like memories of college basketball. It's like, okay, fab five. Yeah. And then like stack house and like all those guys, like right yeah. after that. But, um, as far as yeah, getting and like UVA, I was watching like Harold Dean and uh, yeah. Junior Bro and all them. But like as far as and Little Maryland, yeah, Georgetown. Allen Maryland Iverson, had a great program too. Yeah. By ninety five, ninety six, I was aware of what was going on, but I wasn't like, Deep I down. wasn't fully yeah. in by yeah. like the by nineteen ninety. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so with that said, our tenth best college point guard that you've seen in your life, not of all time, that you've seen in your life, all time for your life, and you know my list. Uh, is based on what I saw, you yeah. know, so I didn't see everything. Well, look, I still disqualified. I would probably, because I was so young, like I took Greg Anthony off the board. I took Bobby Hurley off the board. I took Kenny Anderson off the board. Can't, I, I, I kept Hurley on. You kept but, Hurley on? Yeah. Okay. But Kenny Anderson, even though like I was aware of his cultural impact at the time, I heard his name a lot. Um, and then you look back at his stats, he certainly deserves to be on there. I didn't see him. I didn't see him myself. So, I mean, look, I definitely remember seeing multiple games. Yeah. But I don't think I saw, I don't think I was educated enough to gauge his impact. Yeah. 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 
Uh, Kenny Anderson did put up 25 points per game in oh, college he was as filthy. a point guard. I That's mean, he was filthy. Absurd. Yeah. Yeah. He probably should be on the list. But again, our, our age uh, doesn't allow him to qualify. So give me your number 10 point guard. Number 10 I saw is Andre Miller. Um, he, he was a fucking beast, bro. Yeah. Great stats, great leader of a team. Uh, this this list is going to be a little different than yours, I'm pretty sure. Utah went to the final four with him. He did. Uh, 15.8 points, 5.6 assists, 2.5 steals. Um, that's a fucking, and he controlled the game. He was the leader of the team. Yeah. What do you want? That was at a time when Utah basketball is better than Utah football. Now it's the complete opposite. Yeah. It's easy to see a tide turn. It is. See. Is Utah <laughs> the same school as Wisconsin in terms of like ceiling in basketball and football? Wisconsin should have won a national championship against Duke. Yeah. That is a cr- Like go back, watch that game. One of the more pivotal calls in that game. They did not have the review. Yeah. It's clearly out of bounds in Duke. Clearly out of bounds on Duke. Like I, I look, I, I know I hate Duke, but I'm saying like, this is a hundred percent. Yeah. You can see Duke touch the ball. You can see the tie turn. Yeah. You can see, well, that kind of cost Wisconsin the game. Cause it was like a tie game or like, two, you know, maybe Duke was up two or I, I forget the, the scenario, but yeah. I know it's such a pivotal call that it cost them the national yeah. championship. I thought who was their center. Then they had a, Oh man. White they guy, had, right? Yeah. They had a, I mean, obviously they always have a bunch of white yeah. guys like, but he was like national player of the year. I feel like, no, I think you're right. Drawing I'm, a fucking I'm, blank. I'm drawing a blank too. Yeah. That's alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blame it on the, ah, 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 ah. but, um, but, but yes, Andre Miller, I can remember Rick Majerus was their coach. Yeah. Uh, they were good. And Keith Van Horn. Interesting. Michael Doliak. That was squad. Yeah. That was a squad. They had a, dude, that was a fun team. That was a fun team. I'd li- I, you know what? I'd like to see Kristoviak bring Utah back. Yeah. I enjoy them for what they are. Yeah, um, they're kind of a cool program. They are uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> wh- who would you compare? Uh, give me some more comparisons on that. Who's USC? USC like is Miami. Yeah, probably Miami. <laughs> Except they're like private and rich. Like USC is a lot like Notre Dame, but like flashier. So okay. Michigan. My Notre Dame, Miami, like all, all in that kind of vibe. But Virginia Tech, shitty basketball. Virginia Tech is like just a little bit more like flash than Pitt. You know, they still have that hard work thing. But Pitt's had way more success in basketball. Oh, basketball wise. No, but I'm saying in general. But if you look at basketball and football, yeah. Oh, Pitt, but VT's yeah. been way more successful well, of late. Yeah, Pitt was nasty. That's one thing I was going back, man. And Pitt was just nasty in the eighties and the seventies. Yeah. Why can they not get back to that level? Mm-mm-mm. I don't understand. Put a fence around Pittsburgh. You're right. Joe Paterno kind of fucking put an end to their, uh, their throne. Yeah. Oh, well my number 10 point guard is a guy that I think you might be able to argue, uh, might be deserved to be higher, but I, a lot of it had to do that the games I wouldn't, they were regional, but I can tell you in the tournament, when I saw him, he was fucking amazing. And it's Jason kid from Cal. I remember him and Lamond Murray, uh, upset Duke and Grant Hill didn't make my list. Well, this is the hard part is cause I can only recall the tournament. Yeah. I can't recall regular season games much because Cal was not on like a Saturday afternoon in the big game. Now Cal was ranked and everything but they would put the regional game on back then. You didn't have as many outlets to being able to watch Cal. Yeah. Jason Kidd probably should be higher in my list. 
Yeah. Because I was impressed. I mean, he killed it in the tournament, bro. Right? But since I didn't get to tune into them week in, week out, game in, game out, whatever you want to say, I, I can't put him higher because I don't really recall. Remember, I remember the tournament. I don't remember that much in the regular season. Dude, Jason Kidd's stats, very impressive. Uh, over a two-year period, uh, 14.9, so 15 points. Yeah. 8.4 assists, 3.5 steals. Yeah, he was Six ball. rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, Jason Kidd. That's a fucking dominator. Jason Kidd doing it on those teams, man. He should probably be higher. I'm going to be the first to tell you, like, he should probably be, like, two or three. But since I didn't see a big enough sample size. Yeah. Dude, his senior year, or his sophomore year, I guess, because yeah. he's only there for two yeah. years, 16.7 points, 9.1 assists. Yeah. 6.9 rebounds, No, he should probably assists. be, like, one or he two or be three. Higher. Yeah, that's one but, where... But I'm being honest for like, I didn't see that many like pack 10 games back yeah. then. We didn't have it as good as you yeah. kids out there. Yeah. So, uh, hit me with your number nine. Uh, my number nine is a guy from Carolina, uh, played ball pretty recently. Um, has done about Ed Coda. No. Oh, who some guy. I mean, Ed Coda was great, yeah. but I feel like Ed Coda was a little bit, you know, just a system guy part riding the coattails of a, a talented Jeff, Jeff McGinnis. <laughs> he could score. He, I don't, I mean, he was a point guard, but he was not like a, yeah, he was North not, Carolina. he was kind of a shoot first point guard to me. McGinnis. Yeah. Yeah. What year was he? Was he, he was like early, late nineties. Yeah. If I had to guess, or yeah. they had Ronald Curry. Remember him? Oh yeah. Oh, I remember Ronald Curry. Curry. Uh, College quarterback started at point guard for UNC. So that's fucking years. amazing. Starting at point guard and quarterback. Well, here, here's that's what, some shit you do in high school. Yeah. <laughs> and what's crazy is that guy ended up playing wide out in the NFL. And I've, uh, one year in fantasy football, I picked him up. I think he made, may have even made a pro bowl. That's, that's what I'm saying. Seen. I think this is the year. Yeah. I, I was, my team got depleted by injuries. Yeah. And I'm like week two or three, I pick up uh, Ronald Curry. Yeah. And he had a fucking like 1200 yard season, bro. Like he was good. He was really good. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm who knew Imagine if that yeah. dude focused on one sport, sport and yeah. one position. Yeah. Uh, he's like Charlie Ward jr. Like, but not that far from Charlie. They, Ward. they were starting Julius peppers too. At one point. Yeah. Just think that they're two basketballs yeah. and two football players starting on the, the and the, basically the stars of the team on both sides. And you know, Lawrence Taylor used sports. to play with Jordan worthy. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That'd be uh, <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine him in the paint? <laughs> Destroying people. Yeah. Uh, Jason Kidd. Who's your nine? You were gonna say North Carolina. Ty Lawson. Ah, Ty Lawson was a damn good ball player. He was good. He had a better pro career than I thought he would have too. Yeah, I mean, when he, I think he went late, I thought he uh, he dropped down the draft boards. I'm pretty sure he got drafted in like the twenties or something. Um, well, guess what? He's currently playing. It's still in professionally in the CBA. Oh, he's no, he's in, in the Chinese basketball league. He's in China right he's now. He's in China. Maybe uh, I, you think he's ate any bats. I don't know. I wonder if Ty Lawson's safe from the Corona. He was on the wizards last year, bro. Yeah. That's why I was surprised that he wasn't still in the league. He's played in China. Malt. Wow. So like he's was drafted he just go by back the, and forth. Between yeah. Check us out. He was drafted by the nuggets plays six years in Denver, then goes to Zal Lithuanian basketball league, right? Yeah. He's in the Lithuanian basketball league for a year or two. And then he goes to Houston Play for the Rockets. Yeah. Then follows it up with the Pacers and the Kings. And then he goes to Shandong Golden Stars in China. <laughs> right? He's in Shandong uh, for two years. Then he comes back, plays for the Wizards, and now he's in Fujian. It's pretty incredible that 
the NBA or the these Chinese or these Lithuanian leagues have NBA quality players yeah. on their roster. Yeah, I mean, Dude, that's the basketball is so much of a worldly sport than football. Yeah, I feel sorry. Like when football, you, you don't have many options besides the Canadian football. League. That's why I think XFL it's it's great or even arena. Yeah, look, I I don't like football in domes, but arena football gives you an outlet to continue to play yeah. your dream. And a lot of times it helps you work. You know, Kurt Warner was like a fucking MVP in the arena league and he credits it. He goes, it made the game quicker to me. Yeah. Um, that's, that's interesting. But my point is, is that it, I just feel like there should be more availability for like, a lot of people play football. If they don't make it, it's yeah. the Canadian football league or bust. Now I just feel like uh, society needs to adjust to understand what a second football league is, you know, like, uh, no one watches G league, but I would watch a second basketball league if it was like a competitor to the NBA and had yeah. a slightly different angle. Yeah. Um, uh, easily by far for me. Yeah. I feel like, uh, if I was going to watch, um, I would want it to be organic. Like I, I think to me personally, I don't know how you feel about this. Colby. Um, if there was college towns had pro teams, you know, that played in the spring after their college football season, maybe a lot of dudes that just graduated could go play for the pro team. And then there'd be like this organic, like natural fandom for these uh, teams playing against. I've heard this approach before. I know the, yeah. uh, I want to say whoever, maybe it was the Alliance uh, yeah. back in the day. That yeah, was like their that. initial idea. I think it could work, but I still believe it was working in major cities. Yeah, I think I think uh, I saw the AAF in San Antonio sell out. You know, St. Louis at the XFL, and I I think it can work. It just needs. I think it could work too. I think maybe if you uh, needs people that don't if eat you bats. focused on local talent though. Yeah, it needs people that don't eat bats. I think we all need that. Um, but uh, if you were able to focus on local talent, you would have a natural fan base that would probably travel to see the players they're super familiar with. I yeah. think the the format of like trying to have random guys from all over the league compete with the NFL on the NFL's terms is you're not ever going to have, well, I don't think you should compete yet on that same time period, right? You I, shouldn't compete yeah. on the time period, but like, even like from a fan interest standpoint, like, uh, like I said, I, I've blown my load by, by the end of college football season. And certainly by the pro bowl See, or uh, super bowl. I'm I've had enough football. Not me. I have, <laughs> I'm ready for basketball at that point. I, I mean, well, yeah, basketball comes number one. Yeah. But I, I still like exhausted. I've left it all on the uh, field, Colby. Maybe you haven't. See, Maybe you see, leave some in the tank. I, I, I'm a, you're that kind of guy. Ba- well, I think basketball and football can be year round, and I would watch it every day. Yeah, I wouldn't. Wa- I would watch it, but I wouldn't watch it with the same level of passion or interest that I would watch. Uh, and so, from a financial standpoint, I think it would be a little difficult to. But I think if you give those leagues, if ba- if they did basketball and football year round, if you gave it time to breathe, I think you might find one year. As opposed to the next, you're like, I'm really, I can't wait to watch this game. Yeah. I mean, look, I, uh, I went to Frederick keys, baseball games. I've been to one as a kid and uh, it was, it was mildly entertaining. It was something, if you're not paying these guys, if you're paying like a minor league uh, baseball player salary, these guys are working for minimum wage. Then yeah, I yeah. can see it working. But like, if you're trying to give these dudes like legit contracts and it's like XFL wasn't really doing that. They're giving them like 50 K a year. They're making. Yeah. That, that might be yeah. sustainable. That might be sustainable. Well, right. Ty, well, Ty Lawson, he's not in the XFL. He's in China playing basketball. He's damn. He's only 32. Thought he was older. Uh, he did win a national championship at North Carolina ACC player of the year in 2009. First team, all ACC, even as a freshman, 17 and or 16.6 and 6.6 assists. Pretty good numbers. Went to Oak Hill. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, he, he was he was good, man. My number nine. I mean, let me tell you about UVA and Virginia Tech. Just like having two of them, like between Oak Hill and Hargrave, like two of the yeah. best fucking prep schools in America, within an hour or two of the campus, and then not being able to able to fuck able to fuck able to fucking lock and lock down that talent. You think Tony Bennett wants to? I almost feel like Tony Bennett is like Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah, in a way. He's a better recruiter than Mendenhall, but they're the same. Yeah. Same side of the uh, different sides of the same coin. Uh, Where am I at here? Number nine on my list is uh, I'm going to take you to Tucson. This guy might need to be highly ranked too. Mike Bibby was an animal in college. He, he, uh, he certainly deserves consideration. He didn't make my list, but I could see him making the list. Uh, one of the best parts about this Arizona team was, you know, NC Nick's a big Duke fan and it's, you don't like to root for your brothers. You don't, <laughs> right. When it comes to them, I mean, you like to root for them in life. You don't like to root, root for them as in uh, you, you want them to fail as a fan, a sports fan. Well, Arizona actually, actually, man, I think when he was at Arizona, we had 98, 98, 99, was it 99 that Arizona won it all? Was he not even on this championship team? No, he won the championship in 97 against Kentucky. Okay. But I was thinking of the 99 team for a second that, okay. uh, that beat Duke with gotcha. Michael Dickerson. Gotcha. Or no, not Michael Dickerson. Who the f- Jason Gardner. Look at this guy. Yeah. He's just rattling them off. But, um, uh, Bibby was an animal in college. They beat Kentucky packed with pack 10 freshman of the year back then. Bibby out of, uh, he went to see, this is needs to happen more buddy. Right. He went to high school in Phoenix, Arizona. So it makes sense. Stay local. Yeah. Beat everybody at your rivals and boom. You know, with the point guard, it's a little tough because uh, I mean, in, in some ways it's easier because you're able to use statistics. Like the point guard position is played a certain way by and large. Like there are, you know, guys like John wall that are just athletic freaks, you know, but a Mike Miller, a Mike Bibby or an Andre Miller. Uh, I was Mike, about to say, I was like <laughs> Mike Miller was not a point yeah, guard. No, okay. Andre Miller, Mike Bibby. A lot of these guys kind of just like, are the Chris Paul prototype, John Stockton prototype that get in there, you know, jump step into the lane, either shoot or fucking yeah. dish. Like, have you seen a photo of Mike baby recently? Uh, no Google. He's ripped now. He's Is doing, he? he's oh, gotta right. be he got roiding. He's, he's gotta roiding. be roiding. That's right. I did. I also was reading, uh, online, uh, blog about, or Reddit about, um, biggest douchebags. And, uh, he's he said he made the list. Hey. Apparently he was in, uh, some dude who was posting was like this dude, I was like standing with my girl and Mike's baby starts like rapping at her like, while I'm standing there. His dad was a big time coach, but, um, a college basketball coach. He was USC's old coach. Yeah. Um, 17.2 and 5.7 assists, 2.4 steals. That's good number. 17 points per game. That's a, that's, that's your first option in college. This is interesting. Cause Bibby after, you know, he came out early to go to the NBA. So after he gets done with his NBA, he then graduates from UNLV. Interesting. Stay in Southwestern. You still had two years of eligibility. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> uh, Bibby was a baller though, man. In college, I was always like, man, fuck. they had him and uh, miles Simon. Yeah. Backcourt was filthy. Uh, give me your number eight college basketball point guard of all time. All right. Uh, you folks, um, that you know, are going to view this through his professional lens are going to probably be a little upset that he's as low as he is, but, uh, Steph Curry, 
Steph Curry, talk about a fucking scoring machine. Um, oh, what he did to Georgetown that year in the tournament. Jeez. I mean, he probably should be higher. His three-year scoring average, 25.3 points per game. As a senior, 28.6 with 5.6 assists and 2.5 steals. That's a fucking machine. And, yeah, he took a, a Davidson team that, you know, otherwise hasn't had tons of success. And NC Nick saw them live. So he went to, to down to Charlotte to catch them live because they were kind of balling. He, he put Davidson on the map, and now Davidson went moved up to the A-10, yeah. made the tournament a bunch of times since. Um, and, uh, Seth Greenberg, uh, yeah. Passed on. Uh, he didn't, he didn't even listen to Del Curry and look at the tapes. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you get fired. Yeah. Um, but I do like this. Steph Curry went to high school in Charlotte. Goes to Davidson right there in Charlotte. Yeah. I like some hometown. Cook. And I like that. He kind of wants to go back to, uh, he's considered like once his time with the uh, golden States up going to Charlotte, that would be fucking awesome. If he took the Hornets to a championship, that's a story I could get behind. Uh, look, I'm done with the, I'm the done Hornets. with storylines, right. but yeah, <laughs> you're done with the Hornets. I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess. Larry Johnson burned him yeah, 30 no. years ago. And I want that pilot. <laughs> we all want that pilot. That was um, in Charlotte. That was your number eight though. Right? Well, guess what? My number. Well, I have Steph Curry a little bit higher. Okay. Um, my number eight is Darren Williams. He almost made my list from Illinois. Yeah. And Granted, I think they they might have had one of the biggest chokes. Weren't they up by like twenty in the national championship against? Uh, I believe was it his. He team? also made the douchebag list that I was looking at. Really? So I'm going to. Uh, by the way, from Parks Parkersburg, West Virginia. So he does not go to be a mountaineer, and he goes to the Illini. Uh, I can't really blame him. Uh, great assist at 6.8, his senior year or his junior year, I guess, before he came out. Um, Bill self definitely gave him a bag of cash. I would assume he seems like the type of dude that yeah. would take it. Don't call him Duran. I think that's what I was most uh, posted in that Reddit. Someone had called him Duran. He screamed, it's fucking Darren and walks off. I think he started 30 of 32 games in his college career. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm sorry. A big 10, big 10 play. Um, they obviously played, translated into the pros. Well, this is the game. They lost to North Carolina in the national championship. Oh man. He spent most of his career in, on Brooklyn. I right? wanted him in the jazz. And the jazz. I wanted yeah. him to beat North Carolina. They couldn't, they couldn't come through for me on that, but Bill self, you know, paying, gotta be paying some players there. hundred percent. Hundred per. He was a baller though in college, dude. The uh, Illinois team was fun. I wanted them to win it all. Yeah, Williams, two-time All Big Ten. Ah, uh, consensus All-American. This is the game I'm talking about. Illinois' road to the Final Four was marked by a comeback win over Arizona. Oh man, that game was wild. Arizona was destroying them, and Illinois comes all the way back. Illinois comes L. all the way back and pulls off the upset. I got Darren Williams there. By the way, Darren Williams also spent. So he went in Utah. For six years. Yeah. Then he was in Brooklyn for five. Then he spent a year in Istanbul in Turkey oh, playing basketball. And then came back and played three years for the Dallas Mavericks and then one with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Can you imagine like going, I don't know if Istanbul is war torn. I just imagine that whole section of the country is, or the world. I think it was at one point. I don't think it is currently. Yeah. It's probably all nice as shit. Yeah. But just going from, uh, I, I guess Brooklyn's no better. <laughs> I believe they have some of the oldest mosques. Salt Lake City yeah. though. Pretty damn nice. Um, Istanbul, you would imagine. Yeah. Constantinople. 
they might be giants. Anyone? Come on. Um, boom. Boom. Give me your number seven point guard. College uh, point guard. My number seven is a guy I got to watch a lot and uh, kind of had the uh, type of career in the pros that I would expect it a little undersized for the pros, six feet tall. That is Jameer Nelson. He's uh, your number seven. My number seven. He's my number seven. All right. St. Joe's representing Phil Martelli. Yeah, buddy. Four year starter. I love that St. Joe's team, dude. By his senior year, he was 20.6 points per game, 5.3 assists. Um, it's it's 2.8 steals. Interesting. His assist stats went down over time in college and his scoring went up. So he basically became like, he was like, I need to score the ball more. Yeah. He was with Delante West, same backcourt. That there's an argument for, uh, you know, taking a little more on your shoulders and how that can take you further in the tournament because he did take a St. Joe's team pretty deep. I believe elite eight elite eight. That's yeah. crazy for St. Joe's. Uh, I want to say Martelli's done that twice. If not, because they had a guy back even prior to that. Maybe he took him to the Sweet 16. Maybe it wasn't Lee Davis. Is Martelli the dude that's on uh, Michigan, Michigan now? Yeah. Hell of a good coach. Should have never got fired at St. Joe's. You're bastard. It's like firing Bill Snyder. Yeah. You don't do that. Yeah. You don't do that. Uh, so, yeah, he's my number seven, too. So hit me with number six. Have a little respect. Here, you're going to laugh at this one. Okay. Oh, God. Here comes uh, this is where some Virginia point guard. No, no, okay. no, no. Although Harold Dean has a special place in my heart. Uh, he was a baller. He was. Um. I'll co-sign that one. Yeah, but I was a Dean fan. You know, let me, let me throw in another yeah. one. Uh, Harold Dean, uh, fantastic handles. One of these dudes that would just like cross you up for no reason. Um, but also just fundamentally sound just damn good basketball player. I'm going to bring you all the way back to the Metro athletic conference. Uh, played with uh, Clarence Weatherspoon at Southern miss. Can you name the player? If you name this, I'll give you played with we- Weatherspoon at Southern a hand miss. job. Man, under the table man, while we do this. Well, now I don't want to name <laughs> right. it. I'm going to be like, uh, <laughs> Dr. J. <laughs> <laughs> um, Southern Miss point guard. Played in the NBA? No. Uh, White dude. You'll never get it in a okay, million years. Hit me. He just stood out. Dallas Dale. Uh, oh, Dallas Dale. Love that remember? name. Sounds like a porn name. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> we just remember him uh, back in the day. That was one of my first college basketball memories. And we just loved him because he would dribble between his legs Every time he dribbled the ball, it would never not be between his legs. There's something cool about like I like it when Southern Miss is good. He was like Jason Williams a little bit. White chocolate Dallas yeah. Dale was. Uh, I like it when when Southern Miss is good at football and basketball. Yeah, I like it when they're like competitive. I think they're a kind of a cool program. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they are black and yellow. Yeah, there's the some dude, swag. They there. had some football teams back in the day with Jeff Bauer, who they by the way they fired him. 17 out of 18 years, he went to a bowl game and they fired him and he was alumni. He went That's there. So disgusting. And, it, and it's like UVA firing George Welsh. Yeah, but even worse is it wasn't even the 18th season that they didn't make the bowl. It was like his third year. So he had made like, he was on like a 15 so year he was, bowl he, streak. They had gone to a bowl. Yeah. And they're like, you're not taking us to a national championship. He's had them ranked <laughs> multiple years. They've won at Bama, at Nebraska in the nineties. They're like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Fucking still the We're greatest Southern tragedy Miss. ever, man. I was like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> and, and ever since then, they've, even though they've had some winning seasons, they've never been as good as a football team as he had them yeah. fucking rolling. Yeah. They haven't been. Yeah. They were, they were like, uh, almost app state level. Yeah. And basketball, they're they had about. some good when they had Weatherspoon and then 
even one of the best moves they did was they hired Larry Astoria, mm-hmm. the uh, coach from Iowa State. They got caught in like bonging a beer with a blunt. <laughs> Remember, he's like, there was a photo <laughs> I do with him and like kissing like a fucking eighteen year old girl, and he's That's like right. forty. Living the dream, living the college experience. I mean, Astoria is a true dirtbag, I'm sure. Yeah. But hey, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and blast the guy, buddy. But Southern Miss had him. He took him back to the tournament. I, I like when Southern Miss is really re, like relevant. They're a fun school. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very fun school. Yeah. Nice little surprise there. I did not see that one coming. <laughs> you like that? All I, right. I, Let me hit you with my number six. Yeah. Chris Paul. Okay. Uh, he is on. Where? Let me see. Did he make my college list? Yeah, he's higher on my list. Okay, and that's fair. He was. Uh, he was standout. You knew when you were watching him that he was going to be a damn good pro. He was a all-star. Once again, kind of one of the things that I would prefer in college basketball is I would like to see Wake get back to those years with Odom uh, or Skip Processor or whatever. Processor. <laughs> My neural net processor is a learning computer. Um, that they're back being relevant because Danny Manning's really got them playing shitty. And I, I saw he retained his job again, which is, hey. Yeah, you're, I, be, you're no, better. They got, they got better at the end of the year, though. <laughs> they were competitive, man. I, actually, yeah. if you really look at it like that, they lost a lot of close games. Yeah, I, at the beginning of the season, they were they poop. lost to somebody horrible, like Campbell or something yeah. earlier in the year. I'm like, oh my god, like yeah, get him out of here. Yeah, but he turned it around. Uh, but they got to make the. I'd say you got to make the tournament or bust this next year. He's like year uh, six. Yeah, I don't think he's made the tournament once. Yeah, 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 yeah. At Wake, yeah, be, between. Duncan and then what? Ninety seven uh, yeah. was when he. But even when they had out. Rodney Rogers, they had Chris Paul. They had, they kept a decent program. Yeah, Chris Paul uh, only two years, you know, which is reasonable. Yeah, because he cashed in. Yeah. Okay, well, my number six is Andre Miller. Nice. So we already talked about him. He was a stud. Utah. I'd love to see Utah back. I'd love to see Wake back. I'd love to see Southern Miss. I guess I have a common thing. I'd like to see everyone back. I want everyone to be good. Essentially, every school in the nation. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, I don't. I'd every love powerhouse to fall. Yeah, yeah. Every underdog to rise. Yeah. Common theme here. I just, I, I appreciate when wake was relevant. Yeah. I don't want them to win a national championship. The ACC was more fun when they were. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Randolph Childress, by the way, how do I mention wake basketball without Randolph Childress? One of the greatest actually was, he was a point. Yeah. How did I forget him when I was making this list? Maybe. He's going to be, I think I just found my number one. <laughs> I think I just found my number one. He just adjusted your whole yeah, list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me. Uh, will we get to Randolph Childress later? Then yes, we will. How right. did I fucking miss that? Ninety-one and ninety-five. He played. Uh, let me see. He was an animal, man. He was a true animal. Like that dude would make clutch shots. Yeah, he was a scorer too, yeah. man. Three years at over nineteen points per game. Um, as a scorer, how did I forget him when making this list? Certainly a shoot first guy at the point guard position. Uh, yeah, I actually remember enough of him to, that he probably should be on the list. Graduated 95 after a four-year stellar Dude, he career. he was a thorn in North Carolina and Duke's side. Yeah. Every time they would play, they'd be like, this motherfucker would go off. Like, kind of reminds me of, like, Reggie Miller of college. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. huge shots all the time, dude. Yeah. And you're I like, who is this guy? You're like, this, you know, this guy's playing against some of the best players and uh, go right. on to have great NBA careers and he's yeah. killing them. If possible, I think, I don't know. Duke's kept it up, but North Carolina certainly was a, a juggernaut that they aren't anymore quite um, at that time. Um, okay. So I just deleted the guy. You're never going to know him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
So give me a, uh, give me your, what, what, what did you do to your number six? Andre Miller. Andre Miller. Yeah. Okay. My number five guy from, uh, you want to talk about a clutch shooter and one of the nastiest game winning highlights ever. Connecticut. They're going to go Bryce drew on me. Kemba uh, Walker. Oh, that's a great answer. Yeah. Didn't make my top 10. Yeah. But he, he, you pray, you might, you might have a good argument there that he should be. He was nasty. He's nasty in the pros and he's a nasty player over overall. He is uh, dude. His is uh, junior year stat line, 23 and a half points, 5.4 rebounds, 4.5 assists. That's a fucking, that's the, that's an all tournament guy. And he grew up in the Bronx. Not that far. I can't be too pissed at him, even though it would be great to see him at St. John's. But, yeah. but Hey, I mean, let's be honest. It's pretty close. New Haven's really close. Yeah. NCAA champion Campbell Walker. Um, Which uh, was it? What is it in the elite eight or the final four that he hit the, uh, he like iced someone on a crossover and like made him almost fall over and then drains the uh, game winner from just inside the three point line. Oh, uh, I, th- I think it was big East championship. Oh, it was big. East yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Andre Miller though. I had to mention that Andre Miller out of LA did not go. I'm assuming UCLA didn't offer him because why would you choose Utah over UCLA in 1995? UCLA is off of fresh off a national championship. So I can't blame money. (laughs) I can't blame. No, I'm I'm saying maybe Andre Miller, maybe UCLA didn't want maybe because they had Edney and they're thinking, Hey, we don't need a point. Yeah. But still USC for Andre Miller. How are you out of LA and you end up at Utah? Yeah. It's not that big of a jump, but I'm saying come on, buddy. Still. Where did, uh, I mean, Paul Pierce, I guess he went to Kansas, but, uh, Oh, he got a bag of cash. That, yeah. That's a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is I don't think Andre Miller got a bag of cash to go into Utah. Yeah, probably not. They weren't even in the pac 12 then. Yeah. I don't think they have those resources. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Either. Um, but Hey, stranger things have happened. Uh, my number five point guard, right? Cause wait, you just did five or six. I did. That was my number five. So my number five is Steph Curry. Yep. I mean, Steph Curry was hitting threes from like half. Remember Georgetown with Hibbert? They were supposed to be like, yeah. Curry's just making shit from like half court. And you're like, what the hell yeah. am I watching here? Yeah. I think Curry really like was able to slide to what the number six pick in the draft, uh, based on the fact that he looked like a six year old still yeah. when he was coming out. That's true. Um, and people were just wondering, all right, is this guy just like a, a, a weird, like scoring, like Anomaly or people were thinking like, Oh, it's Sean Respert 2.0. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not the NBA had changed. It's not going to translate into the uh, pros. So um, what's it called? Yeah, he did. He obviously translated. How about New York seeing him at uh, number seven? Um, And then just golden state, golden state snagging him right under their nose. Just missed him. (laughs) Dude. That's the thing I was going back to in those NFL drafts. Yeah. Looking at the players. Oh man. That's one we should go through. We maybe we should do an episode where you go through worst picks. Like certain players, like, you know, Derek Thomas could have gone to the Falcons. Yeah. For Andre Bruce, you know, instead, like you're just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like same position, same position. They missed that bad. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, maybe we'll tune into that, but give me your number three college point guard of all time. Uh, Number four. Oh yeah. Jesus. Number four. My number four college point guard of all time is a dude that probably, you know, I don't think a lot of people are going to give him the credit that I give him, 
but he had a great career. Three time all pack 12 NCAA champion, obviously. And ne- you know, oh, NCAA championship oh. centerpiece of uh, some great, great teams. I think what they lose the ch- uh, championship the following year, Tyus Sedney. Oh yeah. He was a baller though. Yeah. Uh, that for me, when the, one of the first things I think of when I think of March madness yeah, is the Missouri game. He uh, is coast winner. to coast game yeah. winner. And he was not like, I even heard, uh, uh, them talk about this. I think I, I've heard their, their coach talk about this is like the O'Bannon brothers were the scores. And even Toby Bailey, who might've just been a freshman that year. Yeah. were more so the scores. So Ed, they weren't expecting Edney to take the final shot. Yeah. Edney was kind of a pass first point guard. Yeah. And he's 6.8 coast coast. assists yeah. per game. Yeah. Edney was a ball player though, man. Yeah. Had a decent NBA career too. Better than I thought. I think last stuck around a little Tyus longer. Right? Edney, 5'10", 152. Yeah. Jeez. That's a child. He was gritty though, man. Yeah. He could play. Yeah. Um, my number four is Chris Paul, which means I have two Wake Forest point guards in my top five. Boom. Chris Paul. Yeah. Look, there was no denying his skills. Like you can't have just taken out your number one. I had to, but you no, gotta put no, no, him in. no, no, no. I took out my number five. Okay. We'll put your number five in too. The, admit my you- number five was Derek Rose. Okay. He's like, but I think he played so short of a career at Memphis. Yeah. Like children's played. That's like John Wall to me. It's like, yeah, you saw him. You're like, okay, I see what he's doing, but not enough. Time so I put Rose now at 11. <laughs> there you go. There's that small of a gap between five and 11. Uh, there's Colby logic. <laughs> yeah. Someone else is better. So he's going to drop from five to 11. Well, what an idiot. Well, I'm just saying like five and 11, really like you yeah. cannot tell me. I'm yeah. wrong or right. Sure. I mean, the college game is there's so many point guards. Well, I can tell you that my number one that I thought of when we were doing this thing. Yeah. I'm saying just a second ago. Yeah. He was much better than Derek Rose in college. Yeah. And that's Randolph Childress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I would be curious. So let's add a courtesy to Derek Rose because he didn't make my list. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull him up. Um, Der- I mean, I, 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 and here's another thing is if you're drafting for a team, obviously I would take Derek Rose over Randolph Childress and yeah. that, a, a, after viewing them in college, but I'm just saying Childress was like a fucking, just a, like a tournament yeah. hero. Like just a guy. Yeah, I mean, he had a four year yeah. career. Derek Rose yeah. had a one year career. Derek Rose, uh, really like not even statistically that impressive. 14.9 points. You know who almost made my list too. And I, I kicked off 4. last point seven assists was Travis best of Georgia tech. Yeah, that was best. Georgia Almost. Tech, another team that used to be a little better than they are. Yeah, I mean they went, they played in the tournament in two thousand, the championship in two thousand two, I think it was three. Yeah. But especially back, go back in the nineties when they had Bobby Crimmins. Man, they were nasty teams. Yeah, nasty teams. Yep. Okay, so my number. Did you give me your number four? My number four was uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. There you go. All right, now we enter the elite. My number three college point guard of all time. Bobby Hurley. Mm, see, if I didn't, I didn't put him on my list because I thought too early. I thought too early. Yeah. But I understand the reasoning. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Mateen Cleaves. I hated him as a player. Okay. And he's my number two. So, but he was very, very good and very efficient and the perfect style of point guard. Yeah. For Izzo. Mateen Cleaves, uh, what they call them? The Flintstones. Yeah. Uh, all from Flint, Michigan. I didn't hate him either. Like, uh, like I shouldn't say that I hated him because I don't care. I, I, I don't have anything against Michigan state basketball. There was something bothering about that uh, Michigan state team. I just thought like Mateen Cleaves, like, uh, like 
it was annoying that like, to me, he could not make wide open threes. Sometimes you're just like, gosh, but he was such a good defender and he was a pass first point guard. Yeah. He was really good. Only a 31% uh, three point shooter. His junior year, 29%. That's what I'm saying. I remember him being like, you, it bothers me always when I see like a wide open jump shot yeah. and it looks so bad. Yeah. And I'm like, how can you be playing this sport? I, Xavier this Simpson level. this year. Yeah. I'm just sitting there like, how, how do you get this far? Yeah. Being that bad. But Mateen Cleaves was a, a little meatball. He was a fucking he champion, bro. Take he it was to a the great rim. defender too. Yeah. Uh, 6.6 assists over a four year period. Mm. That's a true fucking point guard. That's racking yeah, it up. He was, he was perfect for that system. Great college point guard. I got Mateen Cleaves at three. You got Hurley. Hurley was the man. Hurley, um, two-time national champion. I'm uh, still mad that they, uh, that they fouled out Greg Anthony. <laughs> that, I, that was a charge. You um, know, some shit, is, it's amazing. Like, going back and having this time during the quarantine to, like, review some stuff. Like, I think a lot of the Jordan hate that is coming out is because that New York Knicks, like it sticks in my cross so bad. That's, that's the best team in sports history to never win a championship. Like Buffalo bills. They're right there. But the Knicks, like uh, the Knicks were in a dog fight with the best teams in the league for a decade straight. You know, it's true. Every single year it was like, they were within a hair. One of the big ones I think that was heartbreak was 97. They were destroying the heat. They were up three to one. Yeah. And they were playing that, fourth game and they're up by 20 Yeah, and Charlie Ward, PJ Brown fight happens and, and a like, Draymond green situation happens and uh, a bullshit suspension or well, everyone comes off the bench for the Knicks. Yeah. Cause they're a gangster shit. It was like Larry Johnson, Ewing Starks, child's all off the bench. Yeah. And then instead of suspending them all for one game, which I actually would have preferred. Yeah. They did two over. I mean, they kept going yeah. back and forth like two or three games. Yeah. Like and it's they, like, they should yeah. just, Give Take them, them out one, yeah. give them one game, you know, but yeah, instead they fucking deplete. They put, they in, were clearly better than Miami. That, yeah, that they put year, the I Knicks thought. at 75% for two games. And it would have been, they, they never faced Jordan. Fuck the NBA. Fuck yeah. it. I hate it. I hate David Stern. Yeah. I fuck it. And then you put on that Jim Rome interview. That yeah. dude's a fucking douchebag. Now that yeah. he's dead long enough. Fuck that. David Stern was yeah. a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stand Stern. Yeah. He ruined a lot of things for me. So, and Adam Silver's a fucking bitch too. Sorry. He's still better than Stern. Not much. Give, give him time. Yeah. <laughs> give him time. Um, uh, go, go to your number two point. Mateen Cleaves was my number two. So oh, okay. hit so. me with your number two, Jason Williams. Well, from Duke. He's my number one. So I, my number one is Randolph Childress because I think Childress hit more killers. He was more of a killer than Jason Williams. Jason okay. Williams though, dude, I'll tell you that story. I don't know if you remember this game. Jay Williams. Yeah. Jay Williams. Yeah. He was uh, Jason in college. Do you remember the game against Maryland? Well, Maryland's up by like 10 with like a minute left. Yeah. And Duke wins the game. Yeah. Cause of Jason. Do you remember Williams. this? No. This is in Cole field house. Yeah. It was Jason Williams and bad. I think that hit huge, huge shots. Dude, those Duke teams, that Duke team yeah. might've been their best ever, but Williams, especially, I think Williams just went off. This is one of the more memorable college basketball games. And what's crazy is, is we were going to play some Sega Genesis. Yeah. So luckily, where they're up by 10 with a minute left. We're like, oh, fuck this game. Right? Yeah. I go to turn on the Sega, and for some reason, the cartridge must not have been in all the way. Yeah. It wasn't because I feel like this is more of a Nintendo problem where, you know, you really had to get yeah, the game. Sega, it's pretty pretty reliable. Well, not not this experience. Thankfully, 
I turn it, I'm like trying to click it back on. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. So it keeps going back. Yeah. It keeps going back to the game. And then I'm like, Jason Williams hit another three. I'm like, it's down to five. And it's like, oh my God. So now I almost missed it to to play a game, but I I ended up seeing the end of that game. Yeah. Um, I bet he would have been Chris Paul-esque as a pro if he had given time. He didn't come out quite as strong. He he pulled a Roethlisberger though. He was on a motorcycle, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the more tragic. uh, Yeah. Career ending injuries. Um, what about Bobby Hurley though? Car uh, car accident. Yeah. yeah. Those Carolina, North Carolina folks can't get out of their own way. Uh, yeah. Jason Williams, um, career three year scoring average 19.3, six assists, uh, two years scoring over 21 points per game, including their national championship season. Um, he was a fucking animal. He was nasty. He was the best I ever great, saw. Great crossover. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, if I'd given Randolph Childress probably the, Credit he deserves, maybe he'd be there. Randolph uh, Childress is kind of like Tommy Frazier to me. Yeah. Where it's like he was so nasty in college. Yeah. You knew he wasn't going to translate as well in the pros, but I, I mean I didn't know that for sure. Yeah. I just knew that man in college, like t- talk about a guy that during a big game, yeah. Like he'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna be there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh man, he was a pleasure to watch though, man. Um all right, so number number ten. Actually, I'll read an ad. You read an ad. I'm going to get us some wine since we're out of beer here. Yeah, don't be a fucking idiot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the college experience is brought to you by Ace Per Head. You ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how? Well, Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry, plus Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Once again, that's aceperhead.com backslash SGP. There should be an open bottle in there, buddy. Yeah, you can do that shit too. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, so with that said, top 10 NBA point guards of all time. I think people are going to hate me on this. I think I'm, I think there's going to be some, some speculation about like, Whoa, why would I have this after he has these attributes? I am very hard. I'm a people very gonna harsh hate you critic, anyway, buddy. I'm a, I'm, yeah. I'm a very harsh critic on, on one guard that I think is completely one point guard that is completely overrated in, 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 in NBA history. Okay. But with that said, number 10 in your book, Patty. Well, we're going to get to him right away because the number 10 point guard in NBA history in my book is Steve Nash. Uh, He does not make my list. list. Let's let's get to this topic right away. Well, look, uh, I have nothing personally against Steve Nash. Well, I I know I've heard some stories, but. Um, <laughs> what kind of stories have you heard about Steve Nash? Well, buddy, seems that, like a really good guy. No, no, no. There's, I have a good story. Is he a douche? A guy I bartended with uh, lived in Long Beach, and he, uh, big, huge, huge Laker fan. Yeah. And Steve Nash was on the Lakers. Yeah. Well, he's going home. He lives in like a high rise in Long Beach. Yeah. And he gets on the elevator and he sees Steve Nash. Yeah. And he sees him like a few times, but he's like, dude, I got a photo with him. He showed me the photo. Yeah. Steve Nash was plugging his wife. Oh, <laughs> came man. out later. So he was like the biggest fan 
And then Steve Nash. And then he finds out that Steve Nash is the guy. There's a reason why he keeps seeing him in the elevator. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That's not why I I don't like him on my list, by the way. I mean, uh, let me ask you this. You're a hero (laughs) is plowing your wife. How mad do you get about it? Are you kind of just like, is that a situation where you I think cuckold? It's going to hit the ego though. No matter what, dude. Yeah. You're someone's fucking your wife. It's yeah. I mean, I don't, even if it's, you ever hear like some of these stories, like who's that? Uh, oh man. There's a famous hockey player for, I want to say it was like the devils or the Rangers in the nineties. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who it was, but he left his wife for her sister. <laughs> I got to think of who it was. <laughs> I think but he I had saw like this. three kids yeah. with her for the sister left for the sister, man. And what's funny is if you, if you bring up the photos, the sister is hotter. Yeah. The, the second one, the one yeah. that he left for, for. But man, dude, can you imagine that dude, family? Have a little class, man. Just plug on the side. And then like, <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> You got a lever for the sister. How just imagine I, that family, bro. Imagine that Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> hi. Uh, remember me? Yeah. We have three kids together and you left me for my sister. But yes. Okay. But, but, but back to Steve Nash though, dude, I am a huge, like, I think the NBA just gave, like, I'm a big hater of like two time MVP. I, I don't believe he was ever MVP. Cook, like, uh, Steve Nash, uh, like I know they gave it to him, but in my NBA mind, he was never MVP or yeah, anything. Scoring close what? 18 and 11. Meanwhile, Kobe Bryant, Grant, Kobe Bryant fucking shooting the ball a lot at the time. It does not matter. They don't but belong. He was scoring 35 points per game. They're not even in the same arena, bro. Yeah. I hate the Lakers. I've always hated the Lakers. Yeah. But yeah. you cannot tell me the fact that Kobe Bryant has what? One MVP award. <laughs> Dude, Nash one. I hate Shaq as a, as a player. I, I like him as a human being. Yeah. And he's way more valuable to your team than Steve Nash. Yes. Shaq had one MVP award himself. Steve Nash has two. And Steve Nash beat him that one year for the MVP. Dude, Steve Nash was a terrible defensive guard. Yeah. <laughs> terrible defensive guard. Small he can dude. never be number one in, 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 in at any year. Any year, he can never be the number one point guard in the league, yeah. in my opinion. Especially when you consider, oh, is it, uh, who was the, co- was it, it wasn't D'Antonio. Yeah, it was. No, it was D'Antonio, yeah. yeah. His system, even today, obviously, is going to generate more stats, higher assists, higher scoring. Dude, he's not. It's fast paced. Anywhere close to mine. Now, granted, I'm a, I think if I was a coach, I'd be a defensive minded coach with my teams. So maybe that's why I, I, I value Steve Nash as just a guy that, like, good player, good role player. Yeah. But to me, he was never like, I don't ever have him in like the top two or three point guards in the league ever at one time. Yeah. I mean, he, he maintained, he put great numbers up, good assists for a long but time. How they do in the playoffs when he, he's a liability defensively, man. Yeah. I agree. Absolute liability defensively. My number 10 is a guy named Mookie Blaylock, who was the opposite. Mookie Blaylock was an amazing, amazing defensive point guard. Yeah. Probably didn't get the shine he deserves because he is a quiet dude. Yeah, quiet dude played on the and he also played on the Nets and the Hawks. Yeah, they weren't like the Hawks that, made the playoffs and and he was. But the Hawks still didn't get it. I, that's the one thing. The, the Hawks are one of the more confusing teams to me ever because like for a, a, a city like Atlanta, which it has all the fucking like brashness of a New Orleans or a Miami, you know, that they haven't been able to put themselves in a position to get like like Miami in the nineties did it. Yeah. 
They did it obviously with LeBron. Like what, what's what's up with Atlanta as a city though? Because like I remember the Knicks would play uh in ninety nine they played a series in Atlanta. Yeah. And the whole crowd was pro Knicks. Yeah. It's weird. They're so like Georgia Bulldogs fans are insane. Why don't know? they like the Hawks? Why? You had Dominique Wilkins, he went like far in the playoffs multiple yeah, years. He's dropping like sixty. He Dominique Wilkins is the most underrated super Dominique Wilkins, is the best dunker ever. Probably Vince yeah. Carter and Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. Like even Jordan admits in 1988, Wilkins should have won that fucking dunk contest, but it yeah. was in Chicago. Like better than, better than Sean Kemp. Dominique Wilkins, yeah. one of the flashiest, most, and he could shoot. I don't understand though. Like how they don't like, okay. The Haw- I've always compared the Hawks and the Blazers since like the eighties. I feel like they were both like playoff teams every year, but they couldn't get it done. Yeah. Right, Blazers were a little bit better. Yeah, but the Blazers have an awesome fan base. The Hawks have the worst fan base. Yeah, the Hawks fan base it's is terrible. Like, yeah. I don't understand it. I don't get it. You're in a big city, Atlanta. Is, Why don't you embrace your team? Atlanta's soft. I mean, Atlanta's got like two sides to it. It's, there's like the fucking thug ass gangster side of it, and then there's like the cosmopolitan side of Atlanta. And I think that's like the majority of. And ne- neither one of those are going to be like hardcore fans. It's just to- crazy to me. That, I mean, because I feel like it's like that with the Falcons too. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta, for whatever reason, the, the, the Georgia suburbs and the Georgia country are made for They're as Southern and fan fan esque as any other state, you know, Alabama, Mississippi of the South, but Atlanta itself, you might as well be in, I don't know, Manhattan. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Anyway, Mookie Blaylock barely edging out. Now here's the thing we, we deemed magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas, not eligible. Clearly they would probably be one or two. And, and I thought about putting Mark price. He was on dream team too. Yeah. A lot of great years statistically. Yeah. Great score. But I feel like even him, I missed some of his prime there. So I almost yeah. deemed him Caught the tail end of his prime. Uh, now I had Mookie Blaylock and this is a, a good argument because I Ter- Terrell Brandon was really good. Let me say this. Yeah. You want to talk about a Atlanta being stuck in the East. That probably didn't help their cause be Cleveland being stuck in the Eastern conference at that time. Brad Doherty and Mark Price. Yeah. It's like, they're just yeah. like fucked. They're like a number eight seed. They're they had like a good the big we- too. Larry Nance was a good four. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like the Western conference. Now that's like a fucking Memphis Grizzlies. Like when they had, you know, Marcus all and some of the other guys that they've had recently, uh, probably be like a three seed in the Eastern conference. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, that's what, that's what Cleveland faced back then. Anyway, go ahead. And by the way, uh, Mookie Blaylock is a six time first or second team NBA all defense. Damn. Six times. All right. Led the league in steals two years. And certainly on the all name list. First team. Well, Pearl Jam <laughs> was originally called Mookie Blaylock. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> a little fact for you guys out there. But but people don't realize that Mookie Blaylock, say, to go back to 1996, he averaged 17 a game for the Hawks. Almost three steals per game. Six board or 5.5 boards. I mean, this guy is a fucking, he should maybe even be higher in my list. Criminally underrated in my opinion. I like that you're giving the quiet guy his shine. Yeah. Thank I, you, Colby. I was always impressed by his game. Yeah. And I, I have him edging out Terrell Brandon and, and really it's the tale of two different guards. Terrell Brandon was a really good guard to me. Criminally underrated. I thought. Yeah. But he was a scorer. So Terrell Brandon would score way more than, than, than Blaylock. Yeah. But Blaylock Black was a rugged defender. Like I said, and even the rebounds, 5.3 rebounds a game. Yeah. That's good for a point guard. Yeah. So Mookie Blaylock was an athlete. Oh. Shout out to Mookie Blaylock, a.k.a. Pearl Jam. Bulldog. Give me your number nine. By the way, Mookie Blaylock went to Oklahoma. He's an Oklahoma Sooner. Grew up in Garland, Texas. Nice. 
Shout out. Yeah. Uh, my number nine, give me a guy that uh, took his team along with another superstar, obviously. Uh, that was a good team, actually. All the way to the NBA Finals, lost in six to the Bulls like so many other teams did. That's uh, the Phoenix Suns' Kevin Johnson. Baller. But let me ask you something. Yeah. So you think if you're starting a team, you draft, you would take, if you're in the your your boardroom. Yeah. You would take Steve Nash over Mookie Blaylock. It's tough to say that a guy who won MVP twice. I don't care about that. Yeah. Let, let's put a yeah. let's let's put something we we dug up the other day. Yeah. In 1995-96 when Michael Jordan came back. Yeah. He played 17 games. That's roughly 20% of the season. Yeah. Right? Just about 20% of the season. Uh finished 12th in MVP voting. Yeah. MVP voting. Yeah, there was another example too. I feel like where someone was injured or came back or something, and I'm like, they only played this many games. Yeah, and and he was uh you know top finalist for the MVP. Top, yeah, the MVP is is not credible to me. Yeah, it's not credible at it's all. It's like to the All Star yeah. game. It's based on a fan. fan so what I'm saying though, if you're looking at the attributes, would you take Nash over Blaylock? Uh, I think you would actually take Blaylock if you remove the names from them and watch the games. I think you being a defensive guy too would say, Hey, certainly in that era in the nineties, Blaylock was a more valuable player than Nash would have been. Um, I don't think Nash's game would have translated as well to the nineties. Uh, oh, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. But all right. So you said, hold on. You said your number eight or number nine was who? Kevin Johnson. The guy could score. Isn't he in the, the mayor of Sacramento or something? <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Uh, he was or something, some type of governor or something. Yeah. Kevin Johnson over a four year stretch starting in, uh, 89 through 92. I love this game was roughly a, uh, a 21 and 11 assist player. That's fucking awesome. He, I, that's an underrated guy. He would get injured a lot. That yep. was my one flaw about K- KJ. Yeah. By the way, he is the mayor. Yeah. 55th mayor of Sacramento. Hilarious. He's the one that kept him from going to uh Seattle, right? I think so. Yeah, Sacramento, you should love KJ. Went to Cal Berkeley. Um, uh, he was a baller, though. He was a true baller. Uh, four-time NBA All-Second Team, three-time All-Star, uh, most improved player, 89. Got his jersey retired with, with the Phoenix Suns and, and at Cal. And let me ask you this. Yeah. Does David Robinson have a career highlight of... Uh, <laughs> A six foot two point guard dunking on their That's head. True. Six but, one. But did you see what happened the, the next time or was it the first time? I don't know the chronological order. I think he got him back. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got a foot on him, so he should get him back. <laughs> but yeah, man, KJ. KJ, dunk, that's man. a great highlight. He's a baller. He made my list. He made my list. But um, I will say the only knock I would say is that the guy was very injury prone, I thought. Yeah. Well, six one one eighty. He's getting knocked around more physically back then. He made my list, buddy. So just be happy at that. At num- my at my number nine, I got Penny Hardaway. Didn't make my list. Too short of a career. I think yeah, six seven though. Gosh, I, I forgot he was. That. I thought he was like six five, but six seven. That's like uh, that's freak. And I still think you, guard I size. still think criminally underrated. I recently posted on Sports Gambling Podcast Instagram which players uh, were pri- deprived of their uh, prime the most, or who would have been the best. Yeah, and I listed like six players, and everyone was going McGrady, which is fair. Great Twitter handle for Anthony Hardaway. I am one cent. <laughs> okay. Head coach of Memphis basketball right now. Dude, but Penny still had enough. See, cause I'm pulling up his stats right now, but um, 
He still had enough, I think, where he played long enough. Prime Penny, 22 and 7, two steals. Not much of a rebounder for four time NBA All Star, which I know, yeah, I should probably take with a grain of salt as well. Um, Playing with Shaq and being on an expansion team, the Magic were a little bit flashy. The Magic had a thing for a second before they became an afterthought team in the NBA. If he never got injured, though, but he still had like six great years, dude. Yeah, the pinstripes. Yeah, Penny was Penny was when when he came in. When I'm when I really think about those mid '90s teams, Orlando is probably underrated. You know, they were a damn good team. The fact that they got swept by uh, uh, Houston, two of the those greatest games, center of all time. Hello, uh, two of those games were actually like uh, two point games, like. I think if Orlando even gets, uh, I think Nick Anderson misses three straight free throws. Yeah, I think that's, that's like it. an eighty percent free throw shooter. All right, you guys, that, uh, that hurts. YouTube that. That's a fun one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that um, that I think really tarnishes uh, the the legacy of that Orlando team because it looks like they're just not in the same league as Houston. When really those those games were closer than you know people remember. Penny Hardaway also a good. Uh, uh, with steals, two point three po- steals per game. That's that's a nice, it's a nice mark. Yeah. Um. So I got him there. And one of the one of the trends you'll you'll see here, I think, with me and point guard play. Obviously, this is a mismatch. This is why, like, to me, it's a no brainer that people would take Penny Hardaway over Steve Nash because he's six seven. Yeah. And it's like just a no brainer for the basketball people. Much better defender. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a no brainer. I think. Um, talk about a nightmare on the perimeter, like defense, like you, you think you're going to dribble around yeah. someone with that kind of wingspan. Yeah, man, exactly. So, um, uh, and by the way, he's, uh, he, he, he's in a group with P- Peyton Manning and Justin Timberlake to own uh, the minority stake of the Memphis Grizzlies. Huh? Boom, man. A, the, a co- talk about a conflict of interest. I wonder if they had, he had to sell that because that was 2012. Gotcha. He had to be, he probably had to sell You can't it. be a college coach and own a protein. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He probably had to give that to his mother yeah. <laughs> or his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Penny Hardaway would, and he would do it. He would be, I think much, much higher had he not gotten that injury. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. So hit me with your, whatever number you are, seven, eight. My number eight goes to a dude that had a, Short, but super high peak. Maybe the highest peak of anyone. Uh, this is Derek Rose. Um, obviously, in his MVP season, uh, 25 and 8. You know what? I probably should have put him in here. But he's very similar to Penny where they had yeah such a very short career. But I think Penny had a longer career. Penny, uh, they both, I mean, Derek Rose is still playing. In fact, no, he, I'm saying before the, before the catastrophic before the, injury. Yeah. yeah. I think Penny had got six years in. Although, you know, what's a weird, this is a statistical anomaly, really. Uh, Derek Rose, you know, he was, he was maintaining after the injury. He missed the 2012, 2013 season. He went from like hovering in the mid twenties, you know, low, low to mid twenties for a three year period there. Missed the year, then dropped into like the high teens, you know, for the, then I was glad to see him come back, man. I like Derek Rose, man. Well, listen, he, he went, he dropped down below 10 points per game. Matter of fact, 27, 2018, he's down at 5.8. He's basically trying to rediscover his game. Yeah. Then boom, 
two straight years at 18 points well, a game. He, he's dude, back. Hard baby. work. I, I, I really, you know what? He probably should be in my top 10. He's a, he's a great story. I hope he fucking wins a championship. I would love to see him win a championship, man. Yeah. And, 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 and he probably belongs in my top 10. I probably feel like I'm wrong. Yeah. But I don't know. There was 10 guards that I would say. I, I would probably draft Derek Rose over Mookie Blaylock. I think. Yeah. Yes, you would. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling but you, you got to take into account. That's the, that's the, that's the, yeah. the balance. The yin and the yang. That's right. The, the career versus the peak, you know, uh, my number eight is a guy that was a pain in the ass as a Nick fan. He's my number seven, Tim Hardaway. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Hardaway. He talk about a guy who loved, who relished, relished being hated. Yeah. He's a little shit. He enjoyed being hated and he would like purposely like, dude, that little bounce with his yeah. hands together. And he would hit big, big shots <laughs> in the biggest games where that, when he was hated. I mean, now granted, I feel like the Knicks got the upper hand on, on the heat, but I will say not from, not from Tim Hardaway's fault. Tim Hardaway was, and that's another guy who got injured. Yeah. That kind of changed his game around. Tim Hardaway used to be like a, a Take it to the whole nasty crossover. One of the best dribblers of, of the era, sir. Maybe but by the time. time he was yeah. in Miami, he didn't have that crossover. He became kind of like a three point shooter. Yeah. I mean, he had it's physical. He had little bits of the crossover. He had yeah. like a quick he one. Was still, he was still capable. I know, but I was saying like on golden state, that crossover was filthy, yeah. man. Yeah. That was a filthy he crossover. Yeah. Passed you to the basket. So Tim Hardaway, uh, like once again, I truly think I'd have Penny Hardaway over Tim if they had played their whole career. Yeah, I agree. But but it's uh, tough to say because like, I mean Penny at his peak was better. Yeah yeah yeah. But Tim Tim did it. Tim for like Tim a was decade a strong. Yeah. Tim was a championship point guard. Yeah yeah. And yeah. and and he was. I will say this man with the game on the line, I would rather have Tim Hardaway with the ball than Penny Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was a thorn in the side of those Knicks teams. Oh, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The Knicks just. Got stuck with fucking Reggie Miller and Tim Hardaway and shit. Jordan, those Jordan, three yeah. guys that could just bury and then Elijah shots one too. at the buzzer. Yeah, like give the give him a break. Let him get one. God, yeah, give him a give him a Lakers 03 or 04 against the New Jersey Nets. Right, right. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, give him one layup and they the win. The Nets it. to this day, even though they had a great point guard, the we're Sixers, gonna get to the Nets. They were both oh, terrible. Oh man. Even the Pacers in 2000 didn't. You know what? But the Sixers, I had no idea that uh, Eric Snow, he was fat as shit now, but you know his older brother's Percy Snow. Interesting. The linebacker from the Chiefs from Michigan State. Interesting. I had no One idea. One of the so highest uh, draft picks. Yeah. Like, like top five, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Who is your number uh, seven? Let me real quick pause Ooh, while we're on topic and say, fuck Charles Oakley. Um Really disappointing, really disappointing. And it, 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 you know what I think it is, is Charles Oakley is like one of these assholes that isn't able to separate his emotion from like logic. Well, I almost wonder if he's like just trying to get in the, the news. In the news. When, when you add in what happened with Dolan, who, which I sided with Charles Oakley when they, when they 80, 86th him from Madison square garden. Yeah. But now it starts to give oh, me that's a, a point. I it starts to him. give me some credibility on, uh, on, on Dolan's side. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, if this dude, what if this dude? Well, he was a fucking head case, but we loved him because he was on but New York. For shock value to be saying this 20 years after the fact, I, I just don't, uh, I don't yeah. value it much. Don't I think it's, a, I think it's Come, a low blow. Right as the MJ documentary is dropping, and I, 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 you know, I, you know, I've told you this before, dude. Huh? Like I, uh, Patrick Ewing, I think did choke some, but 
I think people forget I, what a fucking fearsome player and leader he was. Like he, he would not back down. Like Patrick Ewing wasn't, he was the level head on that team, but he was a fucking thug too. He wasn't a thug, but he was like a, a beast. He was not yeah. a bitch, but he my, missed but, a but couple you see, shots. But, but you see what I mean? Is I'm not going to call out. I'm not going to throw salt in the wounds. I'm not going to say like, yeah. Yeah, everyone who watched it knows oh, if yeah. that fucking layup against Indiana would change his legacy. Yeah. But that hurt so fucking bad. That's an inch, though. That's one inch. He took it to the bucket. <laughs> he with traveled a... so bad. So well, that bad. Was every that possession play. of his entire career. So bad on that play. I could never defend it. Because <laughs> Pacer fans would be like, oh, you missed that layup? Or you complain about the layup? What about the travel? And I yeah. go, you're so right. What about walking from the three point? You're three-point so line? fucking right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought a lot of, sh- uh, you know what? I was thinking about this though, man. Cause my, have you done your number eight yet? Uh, yeah. Number eight was Derek Rose. And I actually did number seven too. So that's Who's Tim, your seven? Tim Hardaway. So you get to your number seven. And well, this is interesting because I, now that I think about it, I don't even know that I would agree. My seven is Kevin Johnson. I think Tim Hardaway might be better than Kevin Johnson. But you're, we're, they're in an interchangeable yeah, level. At this I, point. But I almost, <laughs> Not a ton of separation between yeah. those two players. Yeah. I feel like Tim Hardaway was kind of more cutthroat. He was more of a point guard. Kevin Johnson was a, a more score first. I'm saying that was like a, a true fuck you player. Yeah. Tim Hardaway is more of a fuck you player than Kevin Johnson. I don't know that that's true. I'm saying the games on the line. I know Tim Hardaway's an asshole. Like he will crush your fucking dreams. Yeah. You know Kevin I mean? Johnson was a fucking beast too. He man. was great, but I don't remember him being ruthless. Like, it wasn't Tim Hardaway. I remember being yeah. like, Oh, you fucker. That's why the next heat yeah. was so awesome. <laughs> it was two teams with so much attitude. Tim uh, Hardaway would relish. I feel like in the moment, like, man, that's I'm the best rivalry in NBA history. I, I love it. It's that either rivalry. Knicks. It's one of those three, all, all three involved the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, I guess Lakers Celtics is, yeah, I was but now, like, because I don't think that can be the best rivalry because you only play in the finals. You have two times in the regular season. Yeah, well, they played in the finals like twenty times. I understand that, but the Knicks and the Bulls and the Knicks and the Heat, like they gotta play each other like ten times in the regular season, and then like tw- you know seven yeah, game series. That's and, true. It, 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 I just feel like it leads. And you to knew more you chances. were gonna see them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I kind of agree with that too. Um, that said, uh, I was thinking about it, and I want to say uh, Lakers versus Celtics in the NBA playoffs was EA Sports. EA Sports credit them for making cool video game titles, yeah. going with Madden, yeah. going with the, something cool instead of like NBA two, 1990. They went with Lakers versus Celtics in the NBA finals. They didn't even play against each other that year. <laughs> they just played against each other a bunch in the 80s, but it was uh, Lakers versus Pistons in That's 1990. Right. And they're just like, fuck you, Detroit. It's Lakers versus Celtics in the NBA finals. Yeah, that's a rival. I wonder if Stern had something to do with that. Maybe Stern's like, "Hey, you gonna do a video game? Right. Make it Lakers Celtics. Right. Make it black versus white." Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, I, it's like to me the NFC East. Like you, if you, if 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 a team in the NFC and the AFC had a rivalry, yeah, it would never versus it, Dallas. It would never value to me. Can never be Dallas versus Washington. Yeah, yeah. Or, or or Packers Bears or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like where they got to play each other. You know what's happening every year. Yeah. And they fucking hate it. You know it. what I mean? The like familiarity. Yeah. The stakes. I it's love never it. for the, yeah. the whole thing, but you know, and it's close. Much, like to me, like you can actually go back and watch. I think even, and I'm not trying to shit on uh Hakeem Rockets. Knicks was a great finals. Yeah. And won seven games. Yeah. It was a great finals. Great matchup. Yeah. But I still think the better viewing experience is watching like Knicks Pacers. Knicks Pacers uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, I agree. Because you can just tell the hatred. Dude, like, there was no fucking uh, Reggie Miller versus uh, uh, Doc, um, or no, uh, Spike Lee going on in Rockets versus yeah. Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hatred was that just at a high level. You could feel like both teams fucking truly hated each yeah. other. Yeah, exactly. When that happens, the sport is better. I know it sounds horrible, but like the Knicks heat, dude, as a guy that's watched a ton of basketball, it was so intense. Yeah. Well, th- that's you why- saw it on the screen. You yeah. saw it when you watched. You're like, man, they fucking hate each That's other. That's probably why yeah. the Knicks never actually got the job done finally, because they were so gassed by the time they got through the first or second round. Yeah. You know, that it was like, all right. But dude, from a from a viewing standpoint, so awesome. I don't think there's better basket like those games to me what are, are what made the NBA entertaining for me. Yeah. Like agreed. they fucking hated each other. Yeah. I mean, there's great Every series possession. now. But not like not, same, not, not same. like that, man. I yeah. mean, there are great. Like I thought, I thought, you know, like Cavs Warriors finals before the NBA got gay and you know suspended. Did I say gay? Yeah. Uh, not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with that. Hello. Right? Uh, and uh, Cavs Warriors had some good finals, dude. Uh, that one um, Spurs versus Thunder when uh, when the Thunder upset them, that was a fucking awesome series. No, there's been great series, but to yeah. me, it's just the level of like when you add in that hatred. Yeah. You see it on the screen. Yeah. You see it when you're watching. Agreed. We could, we could use a little bit of that. Yeah. Nowadays. It, it, it was a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, I almost didn't realize how good it was. Right. Until after oh, the we fact. Did. We no, did. I loved it at the time. We came to school and talked about well, it. I was a passionate fan. Yeah. But I'm saying like, but then when you like, ten, you removed from it 10 years or 15 years and you see it like every once in a while on the ESPN classic, you're like, man, I didn't, great. I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have been appreciating it. Yeah. So, well, uh, I, I got Kevin Johnson though. And I think Tim Hardaway might be better, but Hey, I'll, I'll keep KJ there right now. There you go. Stick to your guns, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you want my number six? Yeah. Uh, now we enter a different level. Um, not really. I mean, it's kind of, a, <laughs> it's kind of a, no disrespect to like the likes of Tim Hardaway or Kevin Johnson. Although I do think it's a one notch above, um, for me, number six is Gary Payton. Um, wow. See, I think you are harsh on Gary Payton. I knew this is, I've got a, I got a dude that, you know, I, I don't give Gary Payton enough respect. Let me tell you what I think about Gary Payton, honestly. And I think it's reflected in their playoff performances, although they did take it to the finals and they were mildly competitive with Chicago. See, I they think went, if, if, okay, go, they go. went down three, nothing to Chicago. So it wasn't that competitive. But still go because I, I, my, my flaw is more so with Sean Kemp for the guy who's, who's, who just, I thought disappeared in, in big moments. Sure. Yeah. Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp is Blake Griffin. He's a dunker. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, uh, Gary Payton. Um, Gary Payton to me, great defender. Obviously, there's no yeah, question about yeah. that. Probably the best defensive point guard maybe ever. Yeah. Um, but uh, and a good score, a very good score. But in terms of just leading an offense, you know, and making it happen offensively, wasn't as much of a point guard. He was more just a guard that was a, a, an athletic talent that could score. Yeah, not not a floor general. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 he's kind of the, out of the whole 10 for me, he's my enigma because I think you could make a strong case that he could be one. Well, he's probably my next one on my list. So I'm assuming. No, no, no. I'm saying, uh, Gary Payton. Oh, Gary Payton. Okay. Um, he's higher on my list than yours, but not much. And I don't know that I'm right because I'm, I sit there 
Yeah, these two. I think. I think. I think. I know where you're going with the other one. Yeah. But my number six is uh, Tony Parker. Okay. A little yeah. higher on mine. Tony Parker's. I mean, you're a Spurs fan, so you, I, yeah. I get it. But I mean, I like Tony Parker's game. I think it's fantastic. Um, love this game. Thought he was very clutch. Yeah. Um, you know what t- Tony Parker had that no one really wants to acknowledge because he was on the Spurs. What's that? Tony Parker had a little Allen Iverson in his game, from a scoring standpoint, like jumping backwards in the lane, like sprinting through the lane and like flying like toward the baseline or flying toward the you know sideline yeah. and like hitting a shot. And it's like I don't care how small you are, if I don't care if you're Elijah or Robinson, you're not blocking. But him. you're telling me though on draft day, you're going up there and you're taking Tony Parker over Gary Payton. If I'm looking back on their entire career, that's a tough decision. I, that's what I mean. Is like Peyton's yeah. at kind of a jack of all trades a little bit yeah. there because he's clearly the best defender. I'd say maybe Mookie Blaylock. Yeah. Um, and Tony Parker was fortunate to be orchestrating Popovich's offense. That that certainly has an impact on. I mean, George George Carl's a good coach. Yeah. But uh, Popovich but he's proven to be a failure in the playoffs. Yeah. With the Bucks is- with the Nuggets. With Carmelo, yeah, and with the Sonics, yeah, he. I mean, he's he's taken some teams far, but I want Gary Payton is like Dan Fouts, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you don't know where he would have been on another team. He, yeah, dude, there's a like I said, there's a strong argument that your six rated point guard, yours, mine's mine's uh, mine's he's one spot higher. Okay, but there's a strong argument to be made that he could be number one. Gary Payton. Yeah. Sure. And I feel like Fouts kind of has that. When you look at the stats, yeah. you're like, when you're the best defensive guard yeah. ever, and you're scoring like 22 or 23 a game and getting your assists too. Yeah. Like it really, it's the championships that kind of hurt. And, but, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, so George, we're, we're, we're penalizing Payton because of George Carl essentially. Yeah. And, and the supporting cast just like, I remember Peyton won a championship as a starting point guard with the Miami heat with Shaq and, and, and one that should be an asterisk because the Mavericks probably should have won that Peyton was the starting point guard on a championship team on the heat in 2006. We have Shaq. to factor that into his career a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe that, maybe that boosts Peyton up the list a little bit for me. Um, Anyway, Gary Payton, uh, or no, Tony Parker's my number six. Number five for for me, since I just kind of announced it, I'll, I'll let myself go first. Yeah. Gary Payton is my number five, and I don't know that I'm right because I'll be honest, in the 90s, yeah, I think if you would have asked me. He was the best. I think I said he's better than John Stockton. Actually, no. No, not. I'm saying if you would have asked me in 1998 yeah. who I think is better, yeah. I would say Gary Payton's better than John Stockton. I wouldn't have. My market now has changed. Yeah. My, my, uh rankings. Yeah. And I don't know that I'm right. Yeah. It's close. Stockton never got a championship. Stockton got damn close. And here's what, here's one thing you forget <laughs> about Stockton. We'll get to him. Um, but who would you draft first? If you're watching their skills, you would take Gary Payton first. If he's going to be the only guy like on your team. But if I have another star, like John Stockton, like, your point guard shouldn't be your number one score, right? This is going to sound horrible. Yeah. How would John Stockton have fared if he was drafted by the Blazers? I think just as well. Who the fuck are the Utah Jazz? Jerry Sloan is a great coach. Yeah. He had a coach. And sure. Th- and that's a reward. He had a great coach for a long time. Sure. His whole career. Agreed. Agreed. There's no doubt about that. There, there's yeah. a chance that Stockton could have never like. He would have always been good. But I wonder. I could see him getting buried, you know, just not having the athleticism to like, uh, 
you know, be given the chance to run the point truly if a, a coach didn't, you know, run the system as well. Yeah. So I mean, I think he always would have been good. Yeah. I think he would have put up good stats. Yeah. But I think if you were sitting there, it, it, throw the arrows out. If you're them and Gary Payton, both on a basketball court, you're watching a workout. I think every general manager well, sure. in the in, Athletically, in, in America, no would comparison. Take Gary Payton. Supposedly, right? uh, when John Stockton went to uh, Barcelona for the uh, Dream Team in '92, yeah, no one even he could yeah. escape. Yeah, he just people thought he was a tourist. Right. <laughs> 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 fucking hilarious. Uh, okay, so so go give me your number five because mine's right. Gary Payton, and I don't know that I'm right. I think Gary Payton might be much, much better. Well, I think point guards may be different than Gary a lot Payton of pissed me off. Cause he signed with the Lakers. Yeah. Fuck he tried to get another gimmick Ring chaser. Yeah. <laughs> um, the point guard list is a lot closer, both in college and in the pros than probably any other position list will be. Um, my number five, and I bet you're going to disagree with this. Chauncey Billups. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is the compelling argument here. Yeah. He got misused a lot of his career. You think? I do. I think Rick Pitino was a horrible pro coach. He's proved that. Yeah. Um, I don't think they utilize Chauncey Billups the way he should have been utilized. Yeah. And then when at one point he was like traded to like all these bad teams. Yeah. But once he got Larry Brown and George Carl, really yeah. George Carl and Larry Brown. Yeah. He was the best point guard in the game. Yeah. Let me say this about Chauncey Billups. Yeah. I have never once seen a championship floor general point guard as good as uh, Chauncey Billups. That's where he really like his size helps him six, three, I guess I, he, he looks bigger on the court. Than well, that. He, I feel like he's got more muscle too than yeah. a lot of these guards. He's diesel. Yeah. He can pull up mid range and like take on the scoring. Li- as far as big shot goes, you know, the, the only one on my list that would be anywhere close would be Hardaway. And I think Billups Stockton hit some big shots, but not, Billups not as many is way better yeah, I agree. than both than both Hardaway and Stockton. I in agree. my opinion, yeah. Billups was ruthless at the end of the game. I'd say you're right. I think, uh, Hardaway's close. Hardaway hits a I lot. I still of think games. Billups. Another thing is Billups much better defender than Hardaway. Yeah. Maybe not, uh, steals, but, uh, just in general, Billups could, was known for taking charges. Billups could guard like out to the three, you know? He could guard a small forward if need be. I mean, he probably did. This is what makes it tough for me on my rankings. Yeah. My initial reaction to doing this, not, not your list, mm-hmm. is I had Billups as my top point guard. Yeah. I think if you're playing for one season, he's better than everyone on this list. Sure. Now, I think he had the misfortune of being drafted by and traded on a lot of horrible teams. Yeah. It took him a while to get going. You're right. Well, to me, like it shows what a coach does right there. Yeah. I've, I've used this in the Robinson Olajuwon argument. Yeah. Larry Brown is one of the best basketball coaches to ever walk the face of the planet. Yeah. George Carl. We could, he had a lot of failures in the play in the postseason, but he, yeah. uh, he, statistically in the regular season, he's he was still a very a good, damn coach. good coach. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, both North Carolina Tar Heels from Dean Smith. Um, but it took that to get Chauncey Billups's game. Like to me, he had to find a coach that knew what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. And then when you saw that, you're like, holy shit. Cause I mean, I was, I, I saw him in college and I was sold on him in college. And then when he went to the pros, I was like, man, I thought he'd be better. So clearly there was the skill in this player. It just took the right coach to find it. It did take a little while. And, and unfortunately that when you look back on the career, so what makes it so controversial more so than every guard on this list is he has like six years of shit. 
not shit, but like not very good years. Yeah. Where, like I said, Stockton had one coach his whole career. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Stockton had Layden for a year early on. Yeah. Um, a lot of these guys didn't have to, to really like even Hardaway Fight had the... Don Nelson, who, who, who's very much like George Carl yeah. in, in certain avenues and Pat Riley. That's his career. Yeah. That's his fucking nice. career. Yeah. Um, you're going to be in position. Chauncey Billups win. had like 40 coaches, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, uh, at his absolute peak on Detroit, he, I think he's the best on this whole list. He was probably for one year. Yeah. I can go with that. He had the yeah. best, like I said, the best, like uh championship, like leading team. And, to me, and, it was just the most complete. Yeah. He could hit the big shot. He could go into the post with him. You could hit, he, he could hit the three. Yeah. He could draw, draw a charge defensively. Yeah. He's big. Yeah. He just, would, he could guard a lot. He wasn't like Gary Payton where you can guard Jordan, but like, yeah, he guard, but he also a starting would hit like a double pump fake post shot yeah. with the game on the line. Little Allen Houston. Uh, yeah. Like you're just like, what? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's much higher on my list. He's, he, but I, I originally had him at number one. Okay. But I thought, man, from a career standpoint, how could I have him at number one? Yeah. There's the balance, the yin and the yang once again. But it's unfortunate for him because I do think it's the right situation. You let, you let, uh, Pat Riley draft him. He probably stays on the heat his whole career. May I? Yeah. What a gent. Um, wink. You hear that? That's this, uh, peanut butter whiskey. I'm just peanut drinking, butter wolf over here. Drinking all Colby's good stuff. Uh, my number five is Gary Payton. Uh, all right. Uh, Gareth Payton. Um, who, once again, I still think there's a good chance like a year from now, especially if I go watch some, some, some Sonics games right. and so, that I, the I opinion think may change. The recency bias is definitely a thing when uh, considering someone's career. Well, especially when you look at like, I think you were going through like stats like a week ago. Yeah. And Peyton just kept coming up and I'm like, man, I'm fucking underrating him. I think yeah. disgusting stats. Like if that Sonics team had performed up to their regular season level, I think a lot of that is on Kemp. Yeah. Well, I think it just broke that way. Kemp a is bit. not a guy who can get you. I love his, I his think dunks. one or two games like Look, people say that the regular season is not like necessarily. I mean, I agree that it's a different game than the different league. In my opinion, it's a different, yeah. it's a, it's a step up, but well, especially with guaranteed contracts from my experiences, well, <laughs> my experiences like yeah. NBA is like a, like they do. It's almost like a substitute teacher, right? <laughs> in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they don't, I don't really think it was give the case as much back then. I think there was more pride back then. Yeah. Like I watched a, a Rocket Spurs game from like '99 even, and it was a fucking dogfight. Like, and the fans were going ape shit during the regular season. But um, yeah, it's you're right. It's a it's a, a Costco parking lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of the games now. Um, okay, so you're on four. Number four is Tony Parker. Wow. I thought about it. Wow. And he uh. Look, he, orchest- I like Tony Parker's game a lot. too. He orchestrated the Spurs to, I don't know if he was on the first championship. He hit big shots too, though. Three championships besides uh, on big shots. I go Billups, Hardaway, Stockton, uh, Parker. Yeah. 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 Parker hit some big shots, he hit some big shots. Um, and he didn't, he was not the type to muscle his way in the lane and like 
you know, kind of uh, the way that Chris Paul is like back into someone yeah. and like, but make, he was still fucking really keep good. The spacing man. going, but yeah, he he's like a dude that will run off a million. Screens. Not a not a great passer. Decent enough, but not great. Yeah, decent yeah. enough, but I feel like. I feel like kind of an offensive Gary uh, Payton is a much better passer. Probably. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's something yeah. there that I'm not like uh, taking into consideration. It certainly benefits from like being in a uh, Popovich's system. Um, one thing I think that's underrated about Tony Parker is to me when I watched him like by far the fastest player in the entire league. He was very fast. Yeah. It was very, it, like but people can say that about Nash. Nash is pretty fast too. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. I got, like I said, I had Parker at six, so we're not that far off on this. Okay. Um, Give me your number four. My number four is Chris Paul. And I don't know, once again, Chris Paul, from what I understand, is a very difficult teammate. Yeah. When I value that, I say, I, I think, think you've Gary just Payton, inspired to make him my number three because I can't put him in front of number two. He was my number two. But I think you can make a strong argument that Gary Payton's better. Now, I, I, I love Chris Paul's very complete game. Yeah. Very complete game. Yeah. But gosh, you think he's better than Gary Payton? I don't know. I look, I have him better than Gary Payton. I have him better than Gary Payton, but I Chris Paul, don't know that I'm right. Chris Paul is the prototype point guard. Chris Paul. If you can draw, like make a point. guard. If you need a bucket. Yeah. He's got you right. He can score enough to be the, the guy that takes over a game, but primarily speaking, he's going to direct the offense with absolute maximum efficiency and effectiveness. Yeah. Like the fact that he hasn't gotten past the second round of the playoffs, I believe yeah. uh, is not only well, apparently dumb, all dumb, of his teammates hate him. Well, he's a douchebag, man. <laughs> that guy is a fucking douche. I love his game. I love his yeah. game. When he went to the Clippers, I was so happy. I was watching it like 82 games of the year. Yeah. I'm like, man, it's great to watch a good point guard in the yeah. NBA. Again. You're a big a true point fan guard. because you love an underdog and they hadn't done shit. And they were just, I grew up, up even when I was in the eighties and nineties, they were so bad. I wanted to root for them. I, I felt like I tried to root for them. They have like Loy Vaught. Like, yeah. And there's just so bad that, that you Poo can't Richardson, even, like, you can't I, even root for him. Eric Piatowski. <laughs> but I mean, I was all about him. I was like, Hey, if I could catch him on a TV, you know, like, I mean, at one point in the late nineties, I was even getting the NBA package. Yeah. So I could catch them on that. The, they were still shitty, but I mean, I've got a package for you. Oh, Hey, no, pause. you are slightly that guy. <laughs> um, Chris Paul though. You gotta wonder about the big game, and and obviously that that teammate thing does have something to do with with yeah, being man. the best point guard. Yeah, and like uh, and being like like here's the difference. People, and this is why you all out there are are all douchebags. Every <laughs> every person, I'm I'm convinced 99 of you guys are douchebags because you're gonna say, "Well, Michael Jordan was allowed to be a dickhead. Like he's so great because he just like tell his players what to do. He demanded greatness. Chris Paul does the same shit. And no one likes him yeah. except he doesn't have David Stern." That's pushing true. him for fucking victories. Well, Jordan stylistically got, he had the he's Jordan shoe or he's going to dunk. Off. Yeah. He's got the, and shoe. the air Jordan shit. We're in black. And His red. dunks are, yeah, dude, there, there's plays. Shout out to cliff Levingston. Jordan does a move against the Hawks in yeah. the eighties yeah. where he pump fakes and cliff Levingston has no idea where he's at on the court now. Be like, but it, it, Jordan's like penetrating the lane and he goes like this. Yeah. And Levingston follows it. And then Jordan just goes up for like a dunk with his left hand. And it is so bad. It's so embarrassing. So to, to Cliff Levingston. Oh, right. Cliff Levingston. I thought Cliff Levingston was on the bulls. He was later. This okay. is when he was on the Hawks with Dominique. Okay. 
Uh, it's just so bad that Jordan had those plays in his pocket. Just embarrassed the living. Shit I mean, it, dude, it, I look, I, I, I hated those bullet teams. Yeah. You watch this highlight. You're like, Oh my fucking God. Yeah. Like, oh, of course. But I'm saying that helps your marketability. Yeah. So it, I think it lets you get away yeah. with more. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like Kemp in a way. Kemp's dunks. Let Jordan was way more complete than Kemp. Of course. I'm not comparing the two, yeah. but I'm saying Kemp's dunks added a marketability. You'll that I tolerate think, a lot of bullshit to see that. I think Kemp's marketability was better than the actual player. Probably. Kemp averaged a ridiculous amount of turnovers a game. Yeah. People don't remember that. He was a fucking liability yeah. a little bit. He was just a dunking. Yeah. Yeah. He is Blake Griffin. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Hold on. So your number but three, not as much of a pussy as Blake Griffin. Your number three is who? Uh, Chris Paul. I just changed it. Okay. So my number three is a guy named Johnny Stockton. Cool. Talk. Uh, I would, I've kind of already made my point that I don't know how good he would be on another team. I think he'd always be good. Peak versus career. The yin and the yang. We see which side you're choosing here. I told you this yeah. back in the nineties. I believed Gary Payton was better. Yeah. When they played head to head, I think Gary Payton was better. Um, but when you look at the career, when I had some distance from Gary Payton, yeah, that's why I don't know that my list is right. Yeah. With John Stockton just stayed at like probably like number two point guard in the league. Gary Payton can create like his own shot. 20 years. Straight. I don't think Gary, John Stockton can create his own shot. I don't think he can create his own but shot. You do a pick and roll action, but yeah, maybe, maybe by running the offense, he can create his yeah. own shot. And he did quite a bit. Yeah. Um, same, but, what, what a little bit of Tom Brady here ran the same offense his whole career. Yeah. No, great comparison. Yeah. Great comparison. Um, amazing comparison. <laughs> um, John Stockton. Look, he did hit big shots though. He did. I remember that three against Houston. Yeah. Ended that series. That was a wide open look though. Yeah. A but wide open look. It. Great, great screen. A great play design yeah. by Sloan. Yeah. I remember watching, uh, uh, the last game I was beat. My dad was a big Jordan fan. Um, Chicago yeah. Bears fan. He's, he loves Chicago. Yeah. He grew up a Ditka guy. Um, but um, so I'm on the phone with my dad. We're watching the game, and then Jordan hits the shot, and then like my dad, out of respect for me, I knew he was like loving it, but it was just dead silence for like 15, 20 seconds. And I was like, I hate Jordan. <laughs> and then uh, I mean, obviously, still in awe of what just happened, uh, appreciating the moment, but more hatred. Uh, and then I said to my dad, John Stockton's going to hit this next shot and win the game. And he fucking comes off the screen. He didn't need a three. A little, we yeah, watched this a, the other day. Yeah. I don't understand the play design. Back iron. If John Stockton hits that shot, that's the most legendary play in Salt Lake history. But but guess they go what? to game seven. You know why he in couldn't Salt hit Lake it? City? Why? Because it was contested. A little bit. He should have hit that. But. I'm saying though, is like he does not create separation athletically. Yeah. That's like uh John Starks against uh like Houston. Like you come off the screen. You get the thing and then you get closed out on. And if yeah. you're not athletic enough to push away for that extra foot or yeah. six inches, then, you know, your shot gets affected or you get blocked. So um, I agree with you. But John Stockton, let me, while I say that there are maybe better point guards at their peak, John Stockton. He was so consistent. He was so consistently staple. awesome. But he's the only point guard in this whole list that had one coach his whole career. That's true. Here's the other yeah. thing that people forget, though. Uh, that Utah team went to seven games with Seattle in the Western conference finals in 96, meaning Utah would have been to three. If they win that last yeah. seventh game, three straight NBA finals and against uh, Jordan, every fucking time 
cost them. But I think that honestly, Utah and, uh, and um, New York Knicks were the two best teams that would be in consideration for best teams that never won a title. You know, Cle- I, I, Cleveland got one. You know, they would have been there too, but they I would got say one. the Blazers the year that the NBA helped the Lakers. Uh, that Blazers team was pretty filthy. Pretty damn good. You're right. I mean, they had like Pippen, Steve Smith, Rashid Wallace, yeah. Sabonis, Stacey Ogman, Greg Anthony. Yeah. Uh, but it was one year. I'm talking about yeah. best like yeah. several year peak of a franchise that never won it. Utah was the number two team in the league, undoubtedly for like that entire stretch. True. When they got Hornacek, they really upped their game. Yeah. Cause they, before they had Hornacek, we were, I was watching, you know, some Hakeem shit recently. Yeah. They were kind of a gimmick to me. Yeah. I didn't really, I thought Hornacek was there for a longer no, time. He no, he came in 96. He was on the Sixers for a while. He, he got traded on for the, for Barkley on the Suns. Okay. 93 or 92. Yeah. I think off season 92 into 93. Okay. And uh, then he was on the Sixers for two or three years. A couple years. Yeah. Okay. Then he went to the Jazz. And that's when the Jazz really took Because they had a third. And Brian Russell was nasty. Yeah. And they, Shannon Anderson was a good, great pick. Very they were athletic. fucking deep yeah. and they had stars. Uh, Good good bench players. Anton Carr was huge in that Bulls series. Go back and watch those Bulls finals games. Yeah. Anton Carr coming up big in those games. Yeah. If Carl Malone has. And Carl Malone was probably peaking at that point. Yeah. If he had a, a, a non choking bone in his body. Utah uh, might win that me, series. Man. He yeah. killed God, me. God, what a fucking choker. Uh, my number three is John Stockton, though. That's why I have my number three, though, is I don't believe... Uh, I, it's not a diss to John Stockton that I have at number three. He's my number one. See, I think you value him more than me, but... I Because I, I still say, like, if you need a basket, I don't think he can create it on himself. I think I think you're forgetting uh, I, how many baskets he got. Well, I'm saying, well, compared to the other guys that I have... Well, yeah. I'll say this. my number My number one... Probably can't get a basket on himself either, but I think he's a more complete player. And I'll say that you're number one, who I'm assuming it is. Yeah. Uh, I never appreciated as much as everyone else did. So, okay. Well, who's your number three? Well, Chris Paul was my number three. Uh, And then uh, did you get your number three? Yeah. Stockton. Okay. Uh, My number two is probably your number one. I'm guessing we'll get to it. Yeah. Jason Kidd. Yeah, he is. Okay. Jason Kidd is, uh, and I check us out. I don't know that I'm right. Originally, like I said, I put Chauncey Billups number one. Yeah. But then I'm like, man, you look at his career. He had like six years of, 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 of misguided shit. But I can tell you that one thing I had Billups and kid one and two, no matter what. Yeah. I think they're athletically better than everybody on this list. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Jason Kidd is like Stockton to me in a way where like, uh, I think maybe early on, I, I think I finally appreciated how awesome he was for a, a little stretch. Oh, there. That, oh, the 2011 Mavericks team. Yeah, he was nasty. He, the way he would, I, I loved watching, and 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 maybe that's a recency bias because Stockton's pick and roll was so efficient. Yeah, but Jason Kidd, man, when he ran the point on that 11 team, and even I think was he on uh, if he was on that six? No, he was on the Nets when he went to the finals. Oh yeah, they lost to the Spurs. Uh, they, he, I just he love two different teams to the championship. I love his fucking game, dude. I love like great, great defensively. Yeah. Basketball IQ. I think he's probably the best on this entire list. Yeah. And just more athleticism than Stockton had just so nice with it too. I yeah. actually think more of a point guard than John Stockton. I know that's crazy. Cause Stockton to me would run that high pick and roll all the time. Yeah. Um, 
Jason Kidd was a floor general. Jason, yeah. A floor general. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Like more so than anyone on this list, I think. Chauncey Billups right there. Yeah. But uh Jason Kidd did it for way longer. It's just so unselfish. Chauncey Billups yes. would would pull up for three. Well that yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Is yeah. Jason Kidd probably it's almost like a credit to Jason Kidd that I don't give him the credit that he deserves because that's what a point guard kind of should do. You know, yeah. they kind of should just run the fucking team. You know, and Jason Kidd, despite all of his obvious greatness, you know, he kind of just like was one of the dudes running the team, <laughs> but he's just doing a fucking really, I still really good say job. Like an open court, like give, give him a fast his break. His mid range was nice. Like, well, that's another thing is his jumper got much better. I'll yeah. say that Stockton had a way better jumper than Jason Kidd a lot of his career. Yeah. Stockton. The one thing that makes Stockton like, uh, so hard to discount is the stats. Like he is by far the NBA leader in steals and assists two categories out of the major five. My defense to that would be very much Tom Brady. Like though, on, on the fact that when you play in one system forever, yeah. And you just do the same thing over forever over and over and get so fucking automatic with it. Yeah. That's a perfect comparison. And, and, and folks, if, if you heard our arguments earlier about why Tom Brady might not be the number one quarterback, despite those titles, there it is. You know, you perfect a fucking system that isn't necessarily a reflection of your talent. It's kind of that's not a diss at Stockton. I'm not like I don't think he. I mean, I think he's for sure Hall of Famer first ballot. Yeah, he's a rugged defender. Yeah, he he Stockton, despite his size, positioned his body like I bet at steals. I thought too. No, he's the number one steal of all time. But Chris Chris Paul probably learned so much about point guard from John Stockton and just you know using your body to position yourself on the court to like be able to run an offense, you know, and Stockton did a great job of that, but kid probably, you know, did just as good a job of that. Maybe. I actually think kids a better passer than Stockton. I know that assist. You can say there's many ways to get assist. Yeah. But I'm saying as far as like getting the whole team involved. Yeah. Which is your job as a point guard. He's a more capable passer. He can make uh more fantastic passes. I don't even mean fantastic. I mean, yeah. like I felt like the whole entire offense was touching the ball with Jason Kidd on the court. I agree. Right. I can't shit on Jason Kidd's job as a point guard. Oh yeah. He's right there. And, uh, but he's my kids. My number one, my number two is Chauncey Billups. And I think depending if, if, if you're telling me for a game out of all these lists, I'm taking Billups one. Yeah. For one game. I appreciate it. I'm taking Billups one over every single point guard. On and this I list. kind of agree with yeah. you for that. What? 2004, 2005 yeah. period. Yeah. Chauncey Billups could take a team. And to me, there was because the weakness with Jason without Kidd, another star, Chauncey Billups could take you and win you a championship. Okay. My, my, but my point, like I have kid number one, but and his, they fucked the, the Lakers, Lakers up. up. Yeah. The, but the weakness for Jason Kidd to me was even though by the time 2011 came around, he could hit threes. Yeah. In 1998, when he was like a five year pro or four year pro, he sucked. He could not hit an open jumper to save his fucking life. Yeah. Um, so there was a glaring weakness in Jason Kidd's game. That kept that to a credit to him. He kept getting better and better yeah. and better. When Dallas drafted him and they didn't get any better, I like was the, like, meh. Like you notice how Shaq never got better from the free throw line, really? Yeah, because he didn't care. Jason Kidd, you can te- improve. Clearly, tell this guy was period. in the gym, yeah, working on his jumper all the time. Yeah, Stockton to me, I I have a I don't believe he can create his own shot. Yeah, right. So if I can go one by one, like Stockton I do- did benefit from having one of the best players ever on his team. Yeah, when that to help the pick him and run roll that offense, and, and yeah. one of the better coaches ever, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. that's that's a guy who deserved a championship. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to point guards like Chris Paul and Chauncey Billups, 
they weren't the scorers in a way that like Tim Hardaway and Kevin Johnson were, but they were pass first, but yet still could create their own shot. Who are we talking about? I'm saying like who I think like Chris Paul and Chauncey Billups. Yeah. Can create their own shot. Yeah. They could be a score first. They could be the number one shooter on a team that wins a lot. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Paul could do it. He could be the number one scorer on a championship team. Potentially, He needs a lot of support. A lot of good role players. Billups. Definitely. Probably another star. Billups was, I think. Huh? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Rip Hamilton came off screens. Yeah. Ben Wallace was four time defensive player of the year or something. But like, uh, as far as like creating the game and putting the ball in the hands when you needed it, Chance Billups was a guy. Yeah. 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 So top 10 point guards. Boom. Done. Shooting guards coming up next. And uh, I'm sure even though you think we hate certain people, I'm sure you're going to be surprised that we stay true to our, 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 our IQ and not our heart. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying we're both yeah. going to have Jordan. Number Jordan's one. Jordan's going to be number right. one. All right. We skip, but the rest of the list. Yeah. Is going to be, be interesting. Yes, exactly. This is the college experience guys. If you can rate review, share on iTunes, give us a nice comment. It's been months or not a month, but close to a month since a nice review because there's no sports guys. You're sitting at home. Please do it. You can follow us on the, we're the, we're on the sports gambling podcast network. You can follow the sports gambling podcast network on Twitter at the SGPN network. No, the SGP network on Twitter. There you go. You can follow Patty C on Twitter at Patty C a three one. You can follow NC Nick on Twitter at NC underscore Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at the Colby D Patty C. Any last words? Hey, stay tuned. We're getting point guards are fun, but, uh, Less controversial than some other positions. Well, I still think Steve Nash doesn't belong in your top 10. That is a little bit controversial. I love that because it's like two time MVP doesn't mean shit to me. Yeah, you run around like a little. Yeah, that's a flea. He flea. is the equivalent of like, I feel like Jeff George or something, like where it's like they're in, in a year or two of their offense and like a uh, run and shoot. Yeah. You can put up ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Herman Moore. Herman Moore. Uh, he is the Herman Moore. Andre Ware of Houston. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the Herman Moore of the Andre Ware. Yeah. It's like, they're not to me, hall of famers, but they're right. like, yeah. Did you have a great year or two? You put the perfect system around him and, yeah. and this one particular and, thing. Well, there's no stat for being horrible at defense. Yeah, that's true. So guys, this is the college experience. You better start thinking about yours and we out. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.